It was a silent night, yes, a holy night, until Mr. Claus turned into Santa motherfucking right. have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all. It's going down right now. Episode 126 of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, Krampus Moods. And of course, I've always got my two rare exports by my side, Double Shot J, also known as JP. And of course, we got NES Ruler 22, also known as Jeremy the Jew. What's going on, guys? I'm sorry the show sucked so much last week because I wasn't there. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry I had to sink the show, you know? It actually was a pretty good show. And yeah, that's what everybody I, says. I it seems like every show I'm not here, like, fucking, everybody says, like, oh, that's such a good show, like, Hatchet 3 show. All the motherfuckers are talking about that shit. And I, I was, honestly, I think, I think Hatchet 3 is one of our best shows we've ever done. In my, or not Hatchet 3, Hatchet Trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For real. <laughs> I think what so, made, like, that makes sense. I, I think it, what was a little bit more surprising with the show was the fact that JP actually liked the Gene Rowland films. All three yeah. of them. Yeah, he, yeah. He came that's in. That's why I was wanted him to. <laughs> I wanted Jeremy to be there to see what he would have thought. You liked him? Yeah, liked all three of them. I think he's good. I even I even brought it up too. I said I I, I wish that Jeremy was on the show because I wanted to hear his thoughts on these three. Because I even said that the one that you talked about wasn't exactly one of my favorite ones, but these three happen to be you know three of the better ones. Mm-hmm. So so it, it actually it, it turned out it was pretty surprising in that in that aspect. So. But fun. Yeah, it was fun. I, they were very interesting. Like, I, I th- think you would have actually had some things to say about them because they they are pretty like art housey in a way, and three very different movies. Like, we yeah. had a vampire film, a just straight up like art house like blunt, uh, like contained horror film, and then we had an infection film. And the infection one really surprised me because it was like it was so early, you know, in in time mm-hmm. period. Like, you don't you didn't see a ton of infection films like that. Um, so yeah, it was it was really cool. I was super. Who would have thought you like them? I I, I know. <laughs> yeah, I liked all three. All that mu- all those months of bitching about doing it, and then he ends up actually liking the film. Oh, we were just joking around with you. You just <laughs> yeah, took we it were kind of. But I mean, to be joking. to be honest, to be honest, I wasn't actually entirely sure if you were going to end up liking them or not. I thought maybe they might be a little bit too art housey or whatnot but yeah. um well that's the thing though like a, a lot of people sometimes forget that i, I love art house movies like mm. if you look at my top tens from from most years usually like hell like neon demon was my number two last year 
which I know Jamie's going to be reviewing tonight. Um, it, it, you know, it follows. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if my list this year had some art house on it too. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely not surprised. I, I know that it will. Yeah, that's not going to surprise me. That's not going to surprise me if you have art house films on your list this year. Mm-hmm. There's, there's definitely a couple that you've talked about that I think are, are potential top teners. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that seems to be kind of like, in my opinion, the year of art house. Yeah, the year of art house. There's been a lot of kind of films that are really you know kind of treading the waters of are they horror are they not i know we've had this conversation Mm -hmm. before but it keeps getting brought up you know i talk to people and it's like was there actually any horror films this year like straight up horror (laughs) films dude i'm getting um the lists are starting to come into the email the lists are starting to come into the email man and there and i've heard now uh, a podcast do there with uh i think four different top 10 lists oh yeah uh plus i've heard you know a little bit of reference to some other people's lists and I'm saying, I think this might be the most diverse list year ever. <laughs> so, and that, and I brought that fact up, or that point, you know, a couple of weeks ago, didn't I? I said I think this year mm-hmm. is going to have, you know, a lot of different types of the top ten lists, like, you know, more diverse than we've seen in the past years. I mean, there's always like more, maybe more than a handful of films that you always see on people's lists from the previous <laughs> years, but I think this one has the potential to be you know so many different types so on that was shockwaves that you listened to and there was four different lists on there and they were quite diverse and different yeah there there were some films that that kind of were across the board stuff mm-hmm. like it yeah yeah um but there was actually like so, some weird ones honestly their lists a lot of their lists were really mainstream though on shockwaves like really? i was actually a little surprised How much like, mainstream could you have though i mean there was a lot of mainstream but it's like it wasn't like um, a ton. I mean, well, I mean, I would like, probably think films like It and Get Out. You know, those yeah. Are it, yeah. Get Out, Happy Death Day. Yeah. Um, what was the other ones that were showing up? Annabelle Creation. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, there was there was a handful of like mainstream films that were showing up on their list. There was there was a handful of art house one, a few that I actually haven't even seen mm-hmm. yet. So I'll probably get those in just in case. Um, I know that apparently over on the Exploding Heads show. Um, they had. I'm not going to say anything because I, I don't know what they had, but apparently there was a, a pretty uh, a kind of a shocker on one of their lists or something like that. So uh, really excited to hear that show, which will be out before our show. Hopefully, it's uh, not Bye Bye Man. I can't imagine that it would be Bye Bye Man. I haven't seen Bye Bye Man on anybody's list yet. And That's good. Yeah, I mean, it, rightfully so. It's not a top ten film. Um, I just don't think it's a bottom ten film either. But yeah, this is uh, this is getting really exciting. And speaking of that, I would like everybody just to follow up here. Um, make sure you guys are sending us your top ten list for the you know sort of um, tallied version of the top ten list, the kind of like unanimous to type the email top 10 list. to the email. Yeah. We want to keep it organized this year because I think the past years has been sent on Facebook, whole pile of different <laughs> social media outlets and. Yeah, you know, shit either yeah, gets definitely. lost. It's just hard to fucking keep track of. So email. Just this year, I don't have the time to go and find everything. But uh, Jeremy, where can they send those to? If you like, you could send the twenty-two shots of moods and horror at gmail.com and make sure you put in the subject line, please, moods. Don't edit me out of the show. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also I did want to kind of just you know, so please send those because it's fun reading them too and also it's something we've been doing every year so, you know, why stop now uh, but there was actually we got a couple of iTunes reviews 
the past couple weeks that we haven't had any in a long time. So I figured uh, I would read those out like we used to. And um, we got two of them. Uh, one of them is from Don and Nelly. I and guaranteed uh, one of these are going to say something dickish about me. So my, I will take that. I will take that bet. <laughs> I will take that bet. Uh, so um, Don and Ellie says uh, five stars. One of the best podcasts in the genre, despite the silly title, which shouldn't put you off at all. This is one of the finest and most enjoyable podcasts on the genre out there. The long form four to five hour shows flow smoothly as segments and discussion from JP, Jeremy and moods are engaging, hilarious and well-researched with tons of great content, plenty of laughs, laughs and some engaging hosts. This deserves place among the feed of any type of horror fan. So thank you, Don and Ellie. We appreciate that. Former guest Don and Ellie gave us an iTunes review. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and this one is from Bloody or X Bloody X Hands X. Fantastic. Five stars. <laughs> this is the it? interesting one. Oh. I was going to say that's it. <laughs> no, no. This podcast is awesome. I stumbled onto Moods' YouTube channel. Of several months ago and heard him mention he did a podcast on one of his shelf by shelf videos since then i've listened to every episode in order and subscribed to all three of their youtube channels moods is a great host and fountain of knowledge jp is a fantastic podcaster and keeps uh fantastic podcaster and knows how to keep things moving and despite how much crap he gets jeremy really knows his stuff and is the best youtuber in my opinion Really? Yeah, of the See, bunch. I was, I was just going to say that. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of like done with YouTube. You know, I just, I'm like, I literally have like no interest to do YouTube anymore. Like that's why I haven't posted a video in a month because it's like <clears throat> I, I really don't care anymore. The best YouTuber? <laughs> yeah, out, out of us. Yeah, the best YouTuber of the bunch of us. Well, <laughs> so well, we're chopped liver moods. <laughs> I guess that's, so. That's a, that's a little Bullshitty. Yeah, filet young on Jeremy over here. You should be in the Hall of Fuckers just because you're wrong. <laughs> that's, that's so random. Um, they have an awesome community around them, but it's mostly based on Facebook. As someone who doesn't use Facebook, I wish they were more active outside of Facebook, like on Instagram and Twitter. But they are amazing. Fuck what they this, do. dude. I'm on Twitter. And really no horror. I'm Best the only horror one that podcast uses I've ever listened to. I'll be listening as long as they keep on doing them. Well, I mean... <clears throat> I, not, I think what he means is, we're, we're, Jeremy, you're not very active on Twitter. You just use it, as do I. I use Twitter. I'm not I mean, very active on it. I look at it every it. day. I don't like posts, but I'm like, yeah, I'm on it every day. Um, but Moods, I know he's pretty active on Instagram. So um, I maybe check Moods out on Instagram. Um, I'm kind of. What the fuck is Moods if, posting on Instagram? Yeah, he posts pe- a lot. Yeah, people actually. Shots or what? Well, of course. Yeah, a variety of cock shots. Um. Yeah, Jerry, actually, you're not there's been subscriber on there. Honestly, there has been people that have told me that they found the show through the Instagram because they also do not use Facebook, so it has become a productive tool. Also, yeah, which is really good. I know we have a 22 shots Instagram. Derek used to run it. I don't know what's going on with it if it's still used at all. Um, I I'm kind of kind of trying to get used to Instagram. I just don't. I I'm not a huge fan of it. I like Twitter more. Um, but I don't use Twitter that much either. But See, I'm the thing with like be... why I didn't sign up for Instagram is like 
I don't want to have to fucking build that shit too now, like having people follow me on Instagram. It's hard, right? That's too we... much work. I mean, I think it would be cool for me because I like find shit out when I go looking for crap, and I think it'd be cool to post stuff on there like, oh, I found this, but it's like I don't want to have to go through fucking promoting that shit now. I, I think you like, would I actually just... do well on Instagram if you gave it a shot. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not good at finding... I just think that like a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is not interesting, so I just never feel like posting on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Jeremy, if you sign up for Instagram, like you'd probably have a lot of followers right away. I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, people from yeah. Facebook and stuff. A lot of people are over there using it too, and they'll they'll immediately start fo- start following you and shit. So I always post pictures and shit on the Facebook page, and that's so. what I'm saying yeah. though. Like, if you, it's just about being active too, right? Like, if you, you know, if you post something every day, you'll probably gain tons of followers. You'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah. and honestly, like Twitter, that's one of my goals and in 2018 is to kind of be more active on the 22 shots twitter uh and also i do want to say like the facebook thing like if you're not on facebook i understand that but at the same time if you would just make it an account and then just join the group page like you would just have so much fun you wouldn't have to do like much interaction outside of that like everything's contained to the facebook page so to the group page so like you wouldn't actually have to go outside of the uh, of the you know that group page you could just say that like only use facebook for that and you would have fun and it wouldn't be that hard to do so i do recommend if you don't have facebook to maybe just do it for that you don't even have to make your your account your real name or whatever just don't make it something suspicious looking because jeremy will decline you from entering the group like that's true like i did it a few times this week or something i did it a few times this week if you have some like indian name or something and you like joined facebook yesterday i'm probably not gonna let you in so (laughs) i don't even look i just hit accept (laughs) to all (laughs) we haven't had too much spam on there lately actually yeah i know i noticed that actually i haven't seen any ray-ban ads (laughs) yeah (laughs) but for sure though i mean like there's there's all kind but, of ways but, but to... then you get people like oh you guys should do a carry episode four times and it's like fuck you i heard you the first time well we like and i always just point them to the patreon because i'm like yeah we, we like if that's if you really want that we can do it <laughs> you know just but you're gonna have to do the do it through the patreon because that was the whole times. point is we have so many goddamn requests all the time I just was looking through my Facebook me- or my YouTube messages, which nobody uses anymore. I don't even know if they're still a thing, but the old ones. And I had tons of requests in there for the podcast. And uh, it's just one of those things where, like, you know, I only do so many. I only can do so many. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so ch- follow, definitely follow us on all of our different you know social medias like Facebook and and you all know, right, Instagram I'll try Instagram, Twitter. Jeremy's gonna try Instagram. I think he'll have fun with it. I always, uh, I always find it interesting when I find out people that don't have Facebook. I, I'm, I'm always curious because a lot of the time, I usually don't give a shit. You know, if some somebody's not doing something or whatever. Um, but I'm always curious why people don't have Facebook. I was actually talking to this guy a couple weeks ago about this, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I don't want to put myself out there. I've heard, you know, uh, the government uses your takes your information, and but I use this. It basically his answer was like, you know, super paranoia." <laughs> You know, he just doesn't want to put himself out there so they can follow him and shit like that. And I was like, wow, that's fucking crazy, <laughs> dude. That's like literally crazy. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's like, that's why I've never signed up for well, you know, if pretty I much got any arrested social media. For saying stupid shit, I highly doubt you're going to get. Yeah. Like, Mood, you used to get banned all the time. I was like, how are you getting banned? I post, I post Hitler jokes and dick jokes and everything. I haven't gotten banned once. I got, I got banned for 
fucking a couple stupid things, but I also got reported by people within our group, <laughs> which even blows me blows my mind, man. Like, yeah. I, I still think the craziest one though is the picture that I got removed and I got a twenty four hour ban for posting pornography post or pictures or something was a picture of it's actually the insert picture on one of Prince's albums. And he's not, I mean, he's naked, but it's not like, you know, you get to see anything explicit. And I actually got yeah. banned for that. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> There's no nudity well, Remember, in like, it. I posted, like, a picture of that, that all aboard the choo-choo drain, and it was a fucking <laughs> Auschwitz picture, like, yeah. like, a year ago. And then, like, a month ago, I got, like, oh, this photo was removed because of guidelines. So I posted that shit a year ago. That happened to me one time. I, I don't remember what the picture was, but it got removed, and it was like I'm looking at the post date. It was like from a year and a half ago. It's <laughs> like what? But are people just not doing their jobs and they're going through backloads of stuff? And oh, we got to remove that picture. That's that's too crazy. Dude, that that Jupiter one from yesterday was fucking had me in stitches. <laughs> yeah. We should go to no, a gas good. planet, call it Jupiter. Ah! Uh, uh, so, so uh, one thing that I wanted to do here, guys, is. We haven't done it yet. Is it my turn to give something away or yours, Jeremy? Uh, I gave away... Uh, I think it was Jeremy last fan. time. Yeah. So First you did it last fan time. Fan. Yeah, I think I did it the last time. You gave away the... Uh, was it the James? The, it was the one that was really far shipped, right? <laughs> yeah, James Cox to, the Nether- to Finland. Not okay. Finland. Yeah, I did go to Finland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I have a one. This is my last Phantasm set to give away here, um, uh, the DVD set, and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and shout out everybody who uh, Patreon for us in November, uh, which you know the first of Dece- December is when it goes through. But this is for the December uh, people who supported us on the first of the month. So if you want to get involved in these contests, all you have to do is at least give $2 or more and you'll be entered in the monthly giveaway. Uh, I have it at two right now, right? Oh, is it three? Is it three? I thought it was three. Uh, I may be retarded. No, no, it's two because we have that $2 option, which allows people to ask us a question. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's so, a stupid fucking perk. Well, I mean, I could just ask you some questions if you email us at the twenty two shots moods and horror at gmail.com. Yeah, but we're not guaranteed to answer it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, we will. Um, so if if you if you support us for two dollars, not uh, or it more, says three dollars, three dollar contest contest. Yeah, entry. but I'm I'm allowing the people who do the two dollar one to. Oh, yeah, to but it. nobody does the two dollar one. So. so? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe more people fucking do it if you would fucking <laughs> let me let them have prizes, damn it. <laughs> um So why don't you just get rid of the contest entry thing? Because it's like the two dollar one gets it too, so it's like what's the fucking point of having it? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Well, as of right now it doesn't matter because nobody's doing the two dollar one. But <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, $3 plus uh, or potentially $2 <laughs> and you're entered. So uh, that means that uh, Derek uh, Bouget, Bourgeois, whatever his name is, Bergie. <laughs> I don't even know. He's like one of our Bergie the Fergie. 
uh, Sam Edwards. We got Matt Jonakowski. We have Michael Fisher, Mark Latham, Fan of Eli, James Kaux, uh, Rob Hankins, Edgar Sanchez, Trin, Kill the Cast, which is Jerry. Fucker. Yep. Joey Plesh, uh, Tony Arreiro, uh, Dustin Baker, Andrew Schroyer, Andy Zavala, Glenn Beersford, TJ Franks, Marco Vertanen, Terry Rolfe, Blaine Bartlett, Amanda Wingenglinknick, W Doubles. <laughs> oh, nailed it. Uh, <laughs> nailed it right there. Michael good. Kemp, uh, and Action Jack Man. Action so, Jack Man. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hit the randomizer. So uh, I have everybody in an order and random, and the winner is. Who is it? It is TJ Franks. TJ Franks. I don't know who that is. Do you guys know who that is? Nope. I don't know who TJ Hooker is. Franks? He has been a Patreon for two months, and he won. So, boom. Uh, Awesome. He's under the $3 tier. Congratulations, Uh, TJ Hooker. Thank you, homie. That was a good investment because the Phantasm set is more than what you're... And he's probably probably located in Australia now. Please, no. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, then you have to go through what I went through. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just... You know what's funny? Two months ago, I gave away a Phantasm set. Guess what? The person just got it, like, this week. So don't expect to get this anytime directly (laughs) soon, especially with the post like it is now. In fact, I'm probably going to wait till the beginning of the year to even send it. Um, But, yeah, you want it, you'll get it eventually. I promise. I'm always good on my contest sending outing but it just takes me a while because my it, these guys know my post office is closed like nonstop and I don't feel like going to other towns to ship shit out um but yeah so you guys uh keep keep supporting and we love you guys for it and we don't know what we're going to our next uh, goal is to do maybe some t-shirts or something like that but yeah. we'll talk about that in 2018 and the final thing that I wanted to bring up in this little housekeeping segment here uh, Jeremy, we had a little thing that happened last week. So <clears throat> J- uh, Derek was on, and one of his what we watched was the gr- uh, uh, Juwan, Juwan the Grudge. And he came in on that at like a 9.5 or something, I think it was. All right. Mm-hmm. So he came in at like a 9.5. And if that would make the Hall of Fame. If you include Brandon's 8.5 and Dave Z's 10 out of 10. Get the, the fuck out the, of here. The question what? that we have. No, no it's void. It, it, it's void, man. No. It has to be right. one. It has to have one of us. Well, why didn't you say that last week? You were like, oh, we'll let the people decide. <laughs> no, well, I'm not letting the people decide. Well, like I, we're going to have a whole thing. It's going to be like Derek. Brandon and Dave Z, fuck those dudes. Because I, I was, give a shit. I was actually thinking about this after that, after the show, and I'm pretty fucking sure that we had this discussion. I, I don't know if it was on a show or if it was after, or before, or whatever, about mm. this exact thing. And I'm pretty yeah. fucking sure that we came to the conclusion that um, that one of one the original must be yes, involved. has to have one of the three ratings. Yeah, I'm positive. So that's why I was thinking about it. And well, I was, yeah, agreed. <clears throat> yeah, that was the only thing I was little weird about is because Derek was on the show as like a regular for a little while 
like if it had happened when he was on the show as a regular then maybe we, we would have allowed it but because it happened when it's with us three hosts i think probably not yeah so i'm i'm with that actually because i i don't think that it should be able to get into the hall of fame without at least one of the the main people on the show also being a part of it because there are films that only one of us are part of mm-hmm. but there are no films where none of us are part of and that was the only one that had a potential so i just wanted to make sure that we're doing that because rob sent me the ratings today you motherfucker you have aliens in the hall of pa- on the hall of fame and it says jp moods christian what about me you fucking dickhead well what was your rating oh i don't know well, Christian probably would yeah. have voted higher than you. <laughs> what kind of shit is that? Well, if well, if, if it, it didn't make it when it was me, you, and Moods, and then Christian rated it higher, so it ended up making it. It's fucking stupid. Why? I think that I think that's exactly how it went down. Yeah, it is. It is I remember yeah. it. <laughs> when I rated that movie, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I could bring myself to look at the Hall of Fame and see an entry in there that not one of us is on. That's just yeah. That's just whack. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. I look. So. I already look at the Hall of Fame and I get mad that Hostel's not there. So <laughs> maybe we didn't talk about it for two hours. Maybe me and Moods would have had a wouldn't be so asleep. Yeah, true. <laughs> I did feel bad about that. Like, <laughs> I just have too much information, but uh, I didn't want to waste all the time. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> It was amazing. <laughs> that sounded sarcastic, but okay. Well, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Anyways, are you? Is that it for housekeeping? Yeah, no more notes? that's it. No more notes. All right. Well, I guess we might as well move this along. Get into some news. I'm sure, we got some of that. Is this Christmas? Is this uh, Christmas? Uh, Christmas? This is Merry Ho Ho season. Yeah, it's and- our Christmas show, guys. We didn't even mention that. Fuck you, guys. Well, I kind of, you know, I'm throwing the Krampus and the Rare Exports thing. And can we ever we don't have, do a Hanukkah show every year? Yeah, can we have, like, Hebrew Hammer in there one year or something? No. Hebrew Hammer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah, man. Every time I think why of not? this season like, with Jeremy, like, I think of the uh, Jew on Christmas song from South Park. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. <laughs> but it's like, why so can good. we never have a Jewish horror movie? Why can we do Big Bag Wolves that comes from Israel? It's fucking Jewish enough. <laughs> Yeah, well, if they actually start it's making true. some... Well, hey, we don't pick these. That's another reason why. I'm really surprised that there isn't, you know, a, a straight-up Jewish slasher film. Uh-huh. Like, I just can't believe that film has never been made. It's crazy. Yeah, fucking, somebody makes a fucking... If it, if it, was, a, if it was a Jewish person killing Christians on Christmas, would that be bad? <laughs> Let's do it. That would be fucking awesome and totally politically <laughs> correct. And totally politically correct. Oh, dude, I was over in the uh, what who, the um, horror cast group page recently, and uh, the homie Walshy, he posted Ooh. a post where um, Walshy. Who the fuck is that? Oh yeah, totally Walshy from man. the horror yeah. cast. Yeah, from the, from the horror cast. Yeah, yeah, he's in our group. I'm antisocial, you know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Dude, we literally sent an audio clip in for him last year. You guys, Jesus. I saw. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he posted something along the lines of, like, how he, like, doesn't like Christmas horror at all. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that post? Yeah, I did, man. And I was oh, like, okay. I, 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 don't, I didn't com. I don't think I commented on it. But, anyways, I was just shocked. 
It's very mm-hmm. rare because that you everybody come... in the comments was like, "Oh, you're crazy," and he was like, "Yeah, I'm in the minority here." <laughs> so I, I don't remember. Did it say specifically he didn't like Christmas horror or just holiday horror in general? Uh, Christmas because he just I, I, I it's probably stemming from some sort of religious nature or something like that. I would yeah. say. Um, because it seemed like he was, um, it was like more that he just li- liked Christmas being good and really didn't like so, see the point of making it like, but like about killing and shit. I didn't scan through the comments and stuff, but like, did he mention the films that he does not care for? So he does, he's not a fan of Black Christmas or Silent Night, like Deadly Silent Night. Night, Deadly Night, and stuff like that. But he he does like like Krampus, I think. Oh, for fuck's sakes! What, what his favorite part is the goddamn stupid gingerbread. ass gingerbread. <laughs> Mm, probably <laughs> fuck that shit right I there. don't know yeah I'm what dude come on Krampus is good it, the movie yeah, itself both gave it a good rating honestly we, but you turned around on it on the second viewing once you expected the gingerbread shit yeah <laughs> I, I tell you man that second viewing does really help it's not as shocking to see yeah, stupid and ass knowing that gingerbread. it was there helped me with it as well <laughs> yeah. Yeah. after hearing your review but yeah I mean I thought that was kind of interesting We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! It's fucking news time, guys. And news, news is, is super limited, like it normally is uh, at this time of year. So, um, first up, I guess this isn't like directly horror-related, but definitely affects all of us. Uh, Disney has purchased 20th Century Fox for $52 billion. So what, is, so what does this entail? Like, what is exactly the everything? Amazon, the, it's pretty straightforward. It, it They own, like, Fox is owned by Disney. Yep. It won't take full effect till what? Like Not Fox, 20th Century Fox. Yeah, 20th, 20th Century Fox. Okay, yeah, I understand. No, I'm talking about, like, you know how Disney's just really kind of shady with the releases and stuff? You know, they vault their fucking yeah so releases. alien will be in the vault next to mickey mouse and dumbo so that's what yep. that's that's where i was going i'm like is does that entail they're just uh, not going to release think, this uh, shit or they're just going to do it in small quantities or are they just going to because i don't I know it, th- th- i think they'll keep it kind of separate entities for a while mm-hmm. yeah. um but it's I don't just weird see, like fucking deadpool versus mickey mouse i don't want to see that shit I, I don't think they're gonna do that i mean the the, the most like con like the most um i guess what I you would call uh, mending of properties would be the Marvel and the X Men, right? Yeah, the, uh, the like Avengers and X Men and stuff, which is cool because I like I like the, the X Men are like my favorite. Like, and a new horror movie looks dope. Yeah, it does. It's like totally got tons of callbacks to like Elm Street Three. I guess the guy who made it is a huge fan of Elm Street Three or something. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. did you see anything to do with that moods? No, I still. It's I, called New Mutants. It's a goddamn horror film with the yeah. X Men. Yeah, Straight I, up I haven't seen anything, but I've just been hearing the buzz about it. So, which is pretty yeah, interesting. That's cool. I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. That's actually, well, and I mean, one of the things that we're obviously going to do in the year end show after we do our top tens is we're going to do a preview for 2018. I can tell you right now, that's something that I'm keeping keeping a lookout for. Hope it's uh, our. Hope it's our. Yeah, I don't. I we'll see. I mean, it could be. Yeah, it should be. But uh, yeah, so they own 20th Century Fox. Like, 
I don't know. I, I'm kind of getting weirded out about Disney, or like it seems like I, I read they own everything. Yeah, they pretty they, much own everything, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I read a statistic about like something with them, and if like it had like the Fox still already been like through, and they like actually started owning it right now, like they would have had like. Um, like eighty percent of the box office or something last week or something oh, like that. I mean, fuck. Star Wars absolutely killed it. By the way, two twenty, um, two twenty. Opening, opening weekend week. was two twenty. Oh my! Yeah, two hundred twenty million. I think I read that's the second highest opening yeah, ever behind the last one. Behind the last Star Wars? Yeah, bes- behind episode. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask if it Seven. beat the last Holy one or not, but I'm surprised it actually didn't beat the last one. That's crazy. No, I think the hype for the last one was so much higher. I, I thought yeah. Seven would have beat the last one though, right? Hmm. You would you would think seven would have beat Rogue One? It did. Oh, so seven then, was the highest grossing. So it's not the last one. Then the last one was Rogue One. Yeah, but that's not part of the last one. I meant Episode Seven. Okay. Yeah, I I, I got okay. what you meant. Yeah, surprising that did. I, I mean, it well, it makes sense that it didn't beat it because that was the first time Star yeah. Wars was returning. You know what I mean? Now there have been two movies since this one. You know, so I still haven't seen it. I know Jeremy's seen it. He said it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty uh, cool. Um, but yeah, so I don't know guys, like we'll, we'll see what's up with the Disney stuff as it goes. I don't know what the, I mean, I honestly, like they're not dumb. Like, it seems like they put the, the right kind of budgets into their movies and they don't like lose money. So like maybe alien, cause like it, I, what well, other property Star Wars has to make have? 800 million of break even and it's going to do that easily. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about? Like what other properties do, that are horror does 20th Century Fox own? Like Alien. the Fly or something? Um, they definitely own the Fly. Um, I don't really know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, they're not like they're not like known as like a horror studio. Like when you think about it, no, right? not really. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I, don't I couldn't know. tell you like big ones. Yeah, I can't. Like I only think of like Alien and the Fly, Predator. Aliens, the first thing that comes to my yeah, mind. Predator. Yeah, Predator. Predator. Yeah, Predator. Yeah. The Fly. Who knows? We'll see what they do. I'm not too worried about it. I mean, it would be. I just don't want them to Planet start of picking the Apes. up all the studios. You know what I mean? Like, Planet of the Apes. Okay, Planet of the Apes. Uh, like, imagine if they bought like Lionsgate or something. You know what I mean? It'd just be like fuck. Like at what point? Like you, they can't own everything, right? Like that would just that would be like effed up. <laughs> it's probably what it's leaning towards right now. Probably gonna end up buying out Lionsgate and. Oh my god, <laughs> that's that, so that that's a terrible thought right there. That's a terrible <laughs> thought. Oh man, so uh, what? Th- that's that news right there. Uh, after that, um, apparently Rob Lowe is directing and starring in a remake of the Bad Seed for the Lifetime Network. <laughs> Oh, okay. Was there already a remake of the Bad Seed? I, be- I don't know. I think so. Okay, so I quickly read someone posted that too, and it said it, a remake with Rob Lowe, the Bad Seed, but it's the gender reversal. Yeah, um, I read that too. I'm like, Boy. I'm like, that's fucking stupid, man. That's so. That, that's what makes the original Bad Seed so cool because it's a fucking girl who's psychotic. That's what makes it so. Like, what, a boy- are we just gonna have the Omen? Yeah, I mean that it's expected from boys, you know. Like I'm like, oh, the big the big thing is, oh, it's a it's a you know a reversal. I'm like, who fucking that, that's dumb. So it's like, 
it's like uh, the good son. <laughs> In a sense, yeah. I mean, it's a boy. I mean, we expect that. I mean, obviously, when it's a little girl, that's that's terrifying in itself. It's unexpected. It works a lot better for that. I don't know. I just didn't see that as a big selling point to me. When I read that, I was like, click off. I'm like, who cares? We've seen this a million times. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. But, you know, it has Rob Lowe, so that's pretty cool. It's lifetime. <laughs> it's lifetime. It's so. but, but then again, I mean, we've said this before about lifetime, and they've actually put out some pretty decent films in the last couple of years, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, yeah. you know, obviously surprising in itself, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, after that, we have a documentary called Haunters. The Art of Scare is headed to Netflix. Um, apparently, this, this is, is odd already. about about where? VOD. Okay, so it, you'll be able it's to just coming to Netflix. Netflix, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I, I thought I thought I heard people talk about that already. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but it, apparently it's like it's probably something Jeremy would like I think it's about like haunted houses or something yeah it's a documentary about haunted houses yeah alright uh, after that we have there's apparently a Goosebumps sequel is uh, being uh, done which I think we expected I think the first one did pretty good um, and Ari Sandell will be uh, directing it comes out September 21st 2018 as of right now Woohoo, more Jack Black. Yay. Jack <laughs> Black's alright, man. I've never hated him. School of Rock no. is cool. I don't I hate don't Jack like Black. Him. I just don't I don't I just don't find him as funny as other people do. I don't know what it is about the him. The best thing he ever did was uh pick a destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Which made good. like where it's like a hundred million like, like a hundred thousand dollars. I think the reason that Pick a Destiny works so well is because it's Jack Black making a jack black movie instead of jack black being in a movie mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah but yeah anyway <laughs> jack black jack black Res- retrospective coming soon 2018 no uh, just don't have no. king kong on there please i hated because rewind king so kong much last week you should have been here not that one the other the newest one <laughs> um after that, this is the last bit of news that I got, guys. Uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, coming to Blu-ray courtesy of Warner Archive. Now, we don't know if this is the cut or the uncut version. Uh, but or if it, it has it, both cuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is kind of a crappy way to release this film because there's a good story with that movie. So I, I don't think the Archive titles have special features, do they? Uh, not you. Not usually. No, I'm trying to think of some of the ones I have, and I don't think there is. Yeah, but so that sucks. Just an just just an HD version of Chainsaw Three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, better than the DVD because the DVD is fucking horrible. So you know what? The DVD actually does not look great. So yeah, it, it is probably will be an improvement. And I will yeah. say, and I will say, the Warner Archive line does really good work. Like some of their DVDs yeah, and shit that they're are actually that, pressed discs on the Blu-rays. As yeah, well, the Blu-rays are actually are pressed, yeah. But like even you know some of the transfers that they've done for the DVDs have been really good. Um, I yeah. think I only own a couple of Blu-rays, but the yeah they do good work. It's too bad they don't do features and shit like that. But um, especially for a film like Leatherface, because the mm-hmm. story behind it is a lot more entertaining yep. than the film itself, which we've recently <laughs> talked about, and I really do not like Leatherface all that much, man. It's pretty shitty. <laughs> 
Yeah, but, we were all surprised that we didn't like it that much. But I would like to see a full-on documentary about it and, you know, the making, like, just have more info about it, because, you know... Yeah, even a commentary, even, like, a new commentary. Yeah. Definitely more entertaining but, than the film. I don't know, did you guys see any other news? That's all I have. Uh, let's see. Net neutrality? Ooh! God damn! Yeah. You know, I, I was passing this off as kind of fucking internet bullshit there for a while. You know, people were kind of buzzing around the idea uh, of this net neutrality bullshit, and I was like, and then it be then it became like real. <laughs> I was like, real. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck it! I mean, that's actually quite scary um, for you guys, I guess. I'm not yeah, really sure mm-hmm. entirely how this fully works, but I mean, I'm assuming it's you know it's contained to the so United States. So let's say States. I have Comcast. Comcast could be like, oh. I could slow down Netflix because we have a partnership with Hulu. streaming. Yeah, so I'm, I could slow down Netflix unless you pay more money. And if you pay more money, then I'll bump up your speeds back to what Netflix was when this yeah. shit wasn't around. So, and, and what's what, what's gonna? It's not like that. Like the second that this you know yeah. fail in in courts or whatever. It's not like the next day all of a sudden this terrible shit would happen. It would be gradual. But yeah. the problem is, is you wouldn't be able to stop it, which is scary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, and who knows, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do all that, but the fact that they legally can is what's terrible. You know what I mean? I think the Ugh. idea, I think the idea of having to pay to use websites, you know, certain fees, you know, say YouTube, you got to pay like yep. $20 a month, you know, to it's basically uh, what it is to pay, you know, another $10 a month to have Facebook and stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, it, it kind of puts it into this really nasty perspective of how much you use the internet. Once you start adding up all these specific websites and, um, that you use on a regular basis, like you know, five dollars here for you know Instagram and shit like that. Like, there's no fucking way we would go back to the dark ages in terms of technology, dude. Yeah, if it, if it really got to that point, like I wouldn't pay for it. I would be like, well, yeah. see you guys never. I guess we're not going to be friends anymore. Well, you guys text. It's complete. Bull- <laughs> it's complete horseshit, though. I mean, when you think Aim about will it, will come back. Well, I mean, no, that won't work. You're already paying, <laughs> yeah. you're already paying your services to have the internet, and then if you got to pay mm-hmm. on specific sites, I mean, you're going to be. It's going to break your bank, dude. That's, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. Like, who, yeah, and I'm not paying to use certain would, websites. Would, what we're doing right here, this, this would be over. Yeah. No more podcasting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but one, I mean, maybe the coolest thing that could ever happen out of this is video stores might be able to make a comeback. <laughs> if everybody got to pay 20 extra dollars to stream video on Netflix or Hulu or Shutter or something, maybe video stores will start popping up. <laughs> Yeah, last time I checked, man, the memberships in a video store were free. <laughs> so yeah, you don't gotta pay your twenty bucks. But yeah, no, that I still have one. I, I should take a camera and and do like a Patreon exclusive video showing you guys my video store or something because, um, I still have one out here. It's pretty Bad cool. Tapes? No, <laughs> God no. That would no, be they awesome. Have DVD, but they still get all the new releases and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll just check it out. I haven't been there, and I, I am a member there, but I, I've rented like twice from there. Just there's no point, you know what I mean? But uh, like one day, I, I would just like to shut everything off and just like live on the video store for a little while, just for fun. I don't know, <laughs> take me back a little bit. Be the old school. Yeah, I can do it anytime I want. Yeah, well, I mean, we have the uh, family videos. Know, the, the family videos are on here too. I think it, we actually have a couple. Not um, we only have one. 
one that's like close to us but you know there's a few more in driving distance you know uh, not not good to like rent from because there would be no point yeah. to drive all the way back there but like to buy stuff in that but the one that i'm talking about is a is a mom and, yeah, pop. Mom and pop yeah yeah i have a mom and pop that still exists so that's pretty cool that that is um, super rare super rare well the, it, one of the reasons is they don't only do that they also have like tanning beds and oh, of course yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> they like you could pay your like electric bill there they actually have a um adult section like an adult <laughs> shop inside like uh, behind a curtain that you go in there and buy like dildos and stuff so like <laughs> i've never been back there but you know <laughs> uh, but he knows he knows he knows that they carry the black fist you know they get a black yeah. fist and yeah yeah shit man that's, that's it, that's the sad news, guys. <laughs> that is. Yeah, that would suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't think it's gonna actually affect me up here. I think it's fucking for you guys. Yeah. But I think I think at the end of the day, the thing that worries me though, if this actually fully goes through, is, I mean, the podcast world is gonna fucking disintegrate. Like even Jason said, it could like ruin podcasting in general but it will though because nobody will be able to no one's going to pay these fees and it's just it, it just won't work mm-hmm. with their with their rules and guidelines that they're going to be doing and stuff no it, it's that's sad that's really really fucking sad oh yeah so but yeah that's this very like you said very very sad news all right it's well huge yeah it's fucking huge. It, it, i just i I can't believe I was totally just, you know, pushing this thing off to the side thinking, you know, whatever, but it's become a reality, man. Yeah, it's been man. quite a disappointing week for me, man. Uh, fuck, that happened. Eminem's album came out and I was disappointed in it. This, oh, I heard that. lost he, a nail he biter. Opened up, he opened up like a pop-up diner in Detroit. He was selling spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, mom's His spaghetti. mom's spaghetti. <laughs> what? I saw, I saw it on Twitter. He had spaghetti sandwiches, too. Yeah, he sandwiches? opened up a, a, a pop-up. Dude, you never ate spaghetti sandwiches? I had one today. No, oh, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Some good shit. <laughs> you had one today? Yeah, no lie. <laughs> I'm not lying. I believe you. We had you. spaghetti and I made a sandwich. <laughs> that seems something like you would do fucking thing sucks all right let's move this along here let's get into mood swings and uh the return of box office brawl actually have a box office brawl to do this week yeah what, the what only we reason got? we have it is because we won't be recording a non-special episode until the like at least the 10th of january yeah. at least after the 10th so technically the earliest would be the 14th yeah. and uh as you guys know we're gonna be off we record on the 7th we post our top 10 on the 10th of january and then we won't be back to a regular episode until very least the 14th and in between that time uh insidious chapter four no actually it's not because they can't call it that because fuck them uh insidious the last key is coming out friday uh january 5th which will probably be the first 2018 film i see um yeah you can go see it killing of a sacred deer (laughs) you can go see it with your movie pass oh hell yeah 
yeah, dude, I'm definitely. I love all three Insidiouses. Yeah, Insidious. Insidious. <laughs> I still have not even watched the third one yet. That's crazy. Um, Insidious. <laughs> Look at it kills JP. Now I know what makes JP laugh. I don't even. City I, I. I don't even. I don't even get the joke. Man. Me neither. Because <laughs> you say like cactus. You don't say cactus. Cactus. Is. I. You say cacti. cacti. <laughs> I said all four insidiouses, and then I was like in city eyes. <laughs> oh my god! This guy's drank one too many monsters, man. <laughs> in city eye. <laughs> Okay. It's another word thrown into our dictionary of ridiculousness. <laughs> Insidii. My God. Uh, I want to create a dictionary on the web page, on the website <laughs> where it has all of our random, like, just in jokes and different things that we've came up with over the years. Continuity. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like it's, it's referred to as a landmine or a landmine goes click when somebody has a film as their number one that is not anything like anything that anybody's seen or it's just like a re- like a, a complete like like rant like straight master. out of left yeah. field man yeah straight out of left yeah. field like, it's actually called, like I, other podcasts call it mostly exploding heads but i've heard other people say it too it, it's a landmine goes click like we have all kind of these cool little little fucking references and shit that we came up with which is pretty cool <clears throat> yeah but uh insidious this is we haven't done this in a while we haven't done a box office brawl since uh saw eight back in october so yeah it's been a couple months man a couple months yeah um we don't have a concept of the theaters that it's going to be in because it's so early uh we don't really know much about it in terms of like the you know what what it's going up against what does it we we actually should know that do you have that information jeremy uh it goes up against January fifth. I imagine currently some- it says it's by itself. By itself. What? So okay. it's going up against nobody. What? Yeah, so nothing new, but uh, nothing really huge like around it either in the week before or after. So I guess that kind of makes sense. Beginning of the year, not a whole lot coming out. So yeah, it, it's That's New the, Year's the worst month. January. Yeah. yeah. January's yeah. The worst month. It's it's New Year's week. You know, it's the week of the of the New Year um december for or january 1st so whew, man who wants to go first on this one nobody okay crickets crickets uh, <laughs> since i, I mean, always go first and i would lose anyway so well i was yeah. actually trying to think there i don't know okay so but. insidious four coming out in a bad month january it is the fourth installment they all made money all of them made money they've all done decent uh, they've all had relatively small budgets, 1.5 million. I guess Chapter Two had five million, and then oh wow, Chapter Three had ten million. That's a the lot. First, actually, the first film had a 1.5 million dollar budget. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize yeah. it was that low. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that's not huh. the you know that I I don't know what the budget is on this this new one. Uh, but I do I do have the information of the opening weekends from the previous releases of the Insidious films. So in 2011, Insidious, uh, the first one made 13 million opening weekend. Chapter two made 40 million opening weekend. Now it was in a prime month of uh, September as well. Uh, and then Chapter three made 22 million, so almost half less 
of chapter two in relatively the same amount of theaters. What, what month? <coughs> sorry, what month was that? Was that? Which one? June. Chapter three? Yeah. June. Um, <clears throat> so I do not think that this is a great um, situation for Insidious, The Last Key. Uh, it's also the fourth film. Typically, by that time, things start to go downhill. Uh, I'm going to come in at 15.5. And the only reason I'm doing that is because it's Blumhouse. Yeah. 18 and Blumhouse million. does not do bad. You said 18, Jeremy? Yep. Motherfucker. That sucks. Um, <clears throat> so 15 and 18? Yeah, that's kind of the range I was into. Mind you, Blumhouse has just been killing it lately. <laughs> um, yeah, that's tough because um, it is such a bad month. I mean, January is such a shitty month because nobody wants to spend money because they, well, theoretically don't have it. <laughs> yeah. After the holidays, not, not, so not to mention like it's a week where everybody's hungover. <laughs> yeah, true that. True that. Um, part four. What are what are some of the highest grossing part four films of all time from franchises? I wonder. It'd be an interesting little list to compile there. Uh, mm-hmm. Theatricals, anyways. Um, obviously, fifteen, eighteen. I, I'm gonna come in about sixteen and a half. I, I was reading that ballpark range, so I'm coming in between you guys. Sixteen and a half million. Okay, so um, Jeremy versus Moods. Jeremy came in at eighteen. Mm. Uh, Moods comes in at what'd you say? Sixteen and a half. Sixteen point five. Okay, I said. Uh, 15.5? I think you said 15. Uh, I said 15.5. Did he? He said 15.5. And me versus Jeremy would be, he said 18. Me versus Jeremy. He said 18. And then Moods versus me. Moods says 18 or 16.5. I say 15.5. So I'm actually very happy at where you guys came up because I was hoping to be the lowest just in case it disappoints. Um, I think that I think that I'm actually very confident that I'm going to win this one. So you actually think it's going to do lower than what you predicted? Yes, probably. probably either right where I'm at or lower. You know, it's a tough call, man. You know, being a part for the time it's coming out. Yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) I mean, it could be surprising and do well, or it could do the complete opposite, or in your case, exactly what you thought. So I don't know. I, you know, I I won't be surprised if it comes under 15 or if it goes over 18 Mm. and, and finishes like 19, 20 or something like that. I mean, still wouldn't shock me. Yeah, it's insidious. We'll I think see. people still dig these films. I for do. The most part, I like all so. three of them. Yeah, I gotta see the third one. I should probably watch that before. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I probably won't even get in the cinema anyway. So fuck whatever. You know, <laughs> the joys of living here. But um, but yeah, that's box office brawl. Oh, Bing. one other thing. I just want to shout this out there real quick. Uh, there is actually anybody in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, they're doing a John Carpenter Film Fest at the Hollywood Theater. They're showing uh, Dark Star, The Thing, uh, Prince of Darkness, and They Live. Um, it's 30 bucks for all four films, or you can just go see whatever one you want for 10 And uh, I just thought that, that was really cool. 
and apparently um <clears throat> apparently there's going to be some uh in january they're doing Janya scary so there should probably be some more horror films hitting the hollywood uh at that time too so man i know I- there are a few people that listen that are from the area it's pretty fucking cool man wouldn't that be super cool to watch those films on the big screen and then have John Carpenter off to the side actually playing the scores live. Oh man, that would be insane. Yeah. Wouldn't that be that fucking be, cool? That would be insane. <clears throat> yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> also, apparently, like Rob G from uh Blumhouse and uh Um Shockwaves, apparently they're doing some kind of like tour thing or something and and they're actually coming to the hollywood at at some point i don't know what it is if it's old films new films like indie stuff it's like that it's like dread it's like a dread central presents thing or something they're they're coming around to different locations and i I feel like it's new movies like indie flicks or something for i don't know when it's happening but i seen that he posted that and so that's kind of interesting. I think we talked about that news that they were kicking up, starting up like a label or something. Yeah, but I didn't yeah. know it was like with theatrical, like like films. So that that's all they're coming to the Hollywood. So uh, that's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about that. Whenever I find out more information about it. So what's the cost on that weekend pass? Or uh, thirty bucks if you were listening. So under ten dollars per film, like seven fifty or something. It's not too bad. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to try to go to it. Um, it's in February. I think it's like the first or second week of February. Um, just hoping to, um, I don't know, sit I, like sometimes sitting that long it scares me a little bit. Oh, come on, man. I've done 24 hours every year, bro. I'm, I'm actually tr- going to try to. I want to have have that happen at that theater. Like it would be the perfect theater for it. Like I don't know who I have to talk to, but like I need to show them evidence of of the success of the music box doing that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's huge. It would it would be super cool to have that in in this area. You know, what I mean something like that because I've seen Nobody other places do the twenty four hour things too. But it's like few few and far between. Yeah, yeah. What are the, what are the seats like in your cinema? That the with- only thing is how is yours big, Jeremy? My theater? Yeah, is there a lot of seats in there? It's like 200, 250. What kind of seats do you have? Do you, are they is it like the, you know, the really no, they're big classic. classic? Well, this seats. this this was like an actual like like theater for yeah. like a stage theater before. Oh, it yeah. has like balcony yeah. and stuff. So like it you know, it's an old theater. So like I think I think it has a lot of seats. I don't know if it has 200 though. That seems like a lot. I'll have to find that out at some point. Mhm. I oh, nice! They're showing wild beasts. I hate the fucking January. seats in my, in my in our cinemas, man. Like, I mean, any film that's over two hours, man, you're struggling to get through it. <laughs> dude, it's the one bad, the closest man. theater to me, dude, in Uniontown. Oh my god! Like, I the, love I, the, the Schroyer, old theaters. The Schroyers are from there. This is like the worst theater ever, and it's the closest one to me. Like, the seats are old as like they have the same seats from when I was in watching Amityville remake back in middle school. <laughs> the same seats like half of them are broken and stuff it's like such a bad theater it needs like a remodel so i love bad. that when you walk into those cinemas and half the seats are still in the down position because they actually don't yeah. fold back up yeah <laughs> it used to be a car mics and they changed it to an amc it is so bad but at the same time i have so many other great theaters in in driving distance too like they, we have the luxury with the recliners we have the hollywood which is comfortable i hate um, that shit i like the old school 
Give what, me the shitty seats. Oh, no. dude, I can't do it. It sucks, man. Listen, dude, I watched goddamn Hard on the ass. Dark Tower and It Comes at Night. No, I actually was in the good theater for that. I I did another double feature. It was the Mummy and it was the it was the Mummy and It Comes at Night. I think I can't remember. I did yeah, a double feature at the Uniontown Theater and it sucked so bad. <laughs> it was like so. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway, I love those cinemas, man. That have that like really awesome stadium seating, and they're like almost like recliners. There's the seats are so high, you have like headrests and shit. Oh, those are yeah. the fucking bomb, Is it dude. AMC Union Town Six. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see if I can find some photos of this mofo. And, and it's barely like an incline too. Like so, like Modes was talking, like the the incline, like it's not an incline at all, really, man. Nah, <laughs> oh, shitty. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Well, that is uh, again box office brawl. Let's get into some dead mail. You've got mail. No releases. No. This whole month has How? been a fucking write-off. There's Hell like Night is okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple, but I mean, you know, it's nothing right. too notable. Dead Mail, digging into Fangoria's library. We're going to be looking in an issue that has Get Infected. It's 28 days later. So they say infected. So I don't know. Maybe they say they are zombies. Who knows? Um, Terminator 3... The Hulk, Exorcist, the beginning, the eye, and wrong turn one. The first one. All right. And this is from June 2003, issue number 223. All right. This note comes from Andrew Cash, and he writes. I'm absolutely appalled by the treatment of Asian cinema in the U.S. Hollywood has practically killed the Hong Kong film industry by buying up and wasting all its talent, John Woo, Jackie Chan, etc., while sending hacked-up versions of their films direct to video. Thanks, Miramax. Japan has to be the best producer of contemporary horror, but brilliant films like Pulse, Cure, and Dark Water are bought up the second they're finished and denied U.S. distribution in favor of the remake Chop Block. And thanks to this golden age of commercialized censorship, important controversial films like Battle Royale and Ichi the Killer and Suicide Club won't ever see the light of distribution, while any guinea pig could be easily purchased at Best Buy. Even (laughs) Godzilla movies don't get released here anymore. The few fortunate films that see a stateside release get shoddy treatments at best. DreamWorks dumped their original Ringu onto an overpriced no-frills disc or bargain bin quality box art and serial publicity in order to make a quick buck off diehard fans without overshadowing their tempid remake needless to say this is a sad time for asian film lovers sure we get an occasional tasuke Mike movie via fendura or media blasters but it still isn't enough after all every anime is brought over here so why can't i find a single film by late Kinjay Fukusara, an entire world of bold cinema is going right over the heels of distributors and audiences. Anchor Bay and Blue Underground have certainly been doing justice to local and European genre fare, so why don't they take notice? These films deserve to be seen. 
Yeah, that's a that's an article. That's a uh, letter of the time because more or less everything kind of gets released now. Mm-hmm. You know, anything worth a damn. Like, the, yeah, there's a couple in limbo still every once in a while. But like, even the movies that he mentioned are all have multiple releases over here now, like Pauls and yeah, and stuff like that. That I mean, that was the start of it. I mean, he mentioned Media Blasters and they have their Asian line and stuff. And essentially, all those films ended up getting released by who he actually mentioned. You know, was that but- is that the Tartan line? No, not the Tartan line. Um, I mean, yeah, well, that line there too, man. They they fucking end up releasing like everything. A lot. But yeah, like, I mean, this of the times, 2003, it was kind of the start of it. But yeah, all those Asian films, like he mentioned Inchi the Killer. It came out shortly after that, you know, his first edition <laughs> on DVD and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, I just kind of missed yeah. that. But yeah. All right. This one comes from Felicia Liss. And she writes, I just saw Fango's video's latest release, Another Heaven, and it really surprised me. I wonder if this bitch saw Skin Deep. Instead, well, it wasn't (laughs) out yet, I think. Instead of buying your typical horror film with the usual plot and outcome, Another Heaven was a refreshing break from the ordinary. This movie had it all. Action, humor, suspense, drama, and plenty of gore, such as brains cooking on the stove and a plant stuffed into a woman's head. More importantly, it had a really decent plot. Wait till she seems fucking... Rather than sitting through the entire movie already knowing what was going to happen, another heaven had me guessing until the end. It's nice to know that there are still gifted, talented directors out there who could come up with original material from a fucking Fangoria movie. What the hell is this bitch talking about? Well, there were some good ones. I mean, Skin Deep definitely is not one of them. I haven't seen this one. I've yet to see a good... I've yet to see a great Fangoria Presents film. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say, yeah, there's probably not too many great, great ones, but Dead Meat's a good one, though. Then again, I haven't seen a ton. I've only seen about eight. Uh You know what one was good? Hunger. Hunger was one of the better ones from that line that they put out that year. Seven or eight of them. That pig hunt, fragile, roadkill. Yeah. I remember those. Okay. Last one, short. This one comes from Sam Patchen and he writes uh, I don't understand why Fango wastes article space on low budget crap like Scarecrow. After seeing this I regret not having picked up Made in Manhattan. Horrible horrible (laughs) production values and even worse script most likely assembled by the filmmakers local special ed class and a whole cast of terrible (laughs) actors make this film Ah, <laughs> oh, that was fucking mean, man. Uh, this and a can... whole cast of terrible actors make this film not only bad, but aggravating to watch. <laughs> the only saving grace is gorgeous, talented B-movie good goddess Tiffany Sheepis. Yes. Sheepis. She's Whose my, performance my is the sole reason not to tear the tape from the VCR, set it aflame, and dance around it in an evil spike jig. Indeed, every low-budget horror flick she's been in seems to have been better because of her, case in point, Death Factory. Her performance as the deceased creature encompasses both menace and beauty. But any intelligence is lost in Scarecrows as the title creature flips and quips to his victims. Freddy's style before looping badly made severed heads off. Oh, before lopping badly made severed heads off. 
Although I will give Anthony Ferrante's FX team props for a well-made creature costume, no matter how good the monster looks. It can't save a movie doomed from the beginning due to a terrible production team that just churned this out with the worst possible taste that even stoners would hate. (laughs) Special assembled by the special ed class? (laughs) Fuck, that was funny. That was fucking funny, man. And very, very mean. Yeah, Scarecrow sucks, man. It's you know, I, it's it's crazy. They actually made three of those films too. <laughs> I mean, I don't know which one they're talking about. It's the one from two thousand two. I just remember because it's got Tiffany Shepard in it, and usually oh, okay. everything that she's in it's pretty memorable because she either gets naked or you know she's actually you know for an indie actress she's pretty good. But um, <laughs> that guy was raging about that shit. What did he expect, man? I mean, let's face it. How many great Scarecrow films are actually out there? I mean, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. I mean, fucking Scarecrows. Scarecrows. Those are like the two. Those are like legitimately great Scarecrow films. That's pretty fucking pathetic. And I think we've talked about this before. This is one subgenre that has been just. I mean, I wouldn't say neglected over the years. There's not a whole pile of Scarecrow films, but man, they really lacked in even good ones. Right now, from. uh, It's called Scarecrow, and it's from. Sci-fi channel, fourteen or something. Yeah, oh, sci-fi, sci-fi channel. Yeah, the sci-fi what, didn't film. Didn't somebody make one called Husk that wasn't bad? Husk yeah. that one, That's after dark. After dark. That was actually a decent one. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, definitely a subgenre that's been not really the greatest. They don't make a lot of good scarecrow films, which is kind of a shame, man. Because the scarecrow creepers too. Yeah, I mean scarecrows are <laughs> are cool, man. Like they're actually kind of scary. Pun intended. Yeah. You know, they're just evil looking and shit, and you know, it it sucks that they don't utilize that it's like using the graveyard as a setting surprisingly enough there's not a ton of films with graveyard as you know the main setting in your film i want to make a damn good scarecrow movie now i want to make a scarecrow film that's set in a fucking cemetery i don't know why there'd be a scarecrow in a cemetery yeah. but <laughs> plot hole <laughs> we can figure out something man Guess you have to flesh that one well out. we won't hire the you know the kids from the special ed class to write the script <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that, is that it for Dead Now? Uh, yeah, but we have some VHS releases. We have a flashback from Lionsgate, um, Dark Wolf from Fox, Scarecrow. Oh, uh, Dark Wolf. Fox, huh? Dark, Dark Wolf. Wolf. Dark Wolf fucking sucks, man. You mean from Disney? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Demon Slayer from New Concord. And. Bloodthirst, Legend of the Chupacabras. Nice. All right. And then the next page, it says, 28 days later, this is the way the world ends with a plague of infected zombie-like killers. Zombie-like slash actually infected. I appreciate zombie-like. Yeah. Sounds good to me. It's better than just saying zombies. Mm -hmm. You know, it's alluding to the fact that they're actually infected people. Why the not, fuck is there an the article undead. of a credible Hulk in this fucking shit? Wow. All right. And then DVD, we have Blue Sunshine. Um, Good film. Actually, really fucking cool film. Virgin Among the Dead. Nice. Just Franco. Just Franco. Um, Darkness Falls. Wow. These are all pretty good. Stepfather 2. Nice. It's a really good film. Uh. Was that like the Synapse DVD? Is that what they're alluding to there? Uh, stealth DVD release of 2003 Stepfather 2. Huh. Mm. 
Weird. Uh, Despiser, which is like horrible fucking CGI something. And that's... And Blood Harvest. Blood Harvest. And that should be it. For Deadmail. Actually, not too bad. Blood Harvest is kind of fun. Low budget shit. Good stuff. Good stuff. Not too many. Uh, not too many articles this week. Hope special ed class really. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest line we've seen in a while. Fuck, that was good, man. It was just straight up mean. <laughs> <laughs> and on the back, we have an ad from Suncoast Video and Blue Underground. All right, so that is going to conclude Dead Mail and Mood Swings. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Have you checked the children? Children. What do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. Alrighty, so getting into the dub 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 portion of the show where we go round tree, review some films, give some ratings, and then pass the baton. JP, you want to start us off? Yes, yes, y'all. I will start us off. So pretty much all Patreon reviews this week. Um actually all of them are Patreon reviews. And first up, I'll go with the last one I watched. This was from who the hell gave me this i think it's like edgar sanchez or something but this one's called cult of the vampires from 2016 did you guys see this one last year nope no it's yeah um i was kind of interested it was kind of weird like i was just like wondering like why he picked this one i was trying to like because most of the time they never give a reason they're just like we'll read this one i'll talk to him he's a cool guy no he is cool he comments on like all my youtube videos if that is in fact who picked this one for me but i was just like kind of weirded out by this, oh, this one looks super I like, shitty i was like what? i was like i have never heard of it it came out it's like very recent so it's not like it's not like something that somebody's been dying for us to talk about for four years you know what i mean like something from the 80s or something that we just never got to so i was just like okay this is odd this is an odd choice but um basically it follows a group of rocker chicks like like who are in a band um and the like the lead care the lead character is in the band and she's also a vampire so um it's called cult of the vampires but or vampire but it's not really a cult it's more like a coven of vampires basically like they're in like she's like in a group of vampires that's like led by like one dude and like they're they have roles like they're not allowed to like kill people and like drink their blood and stuff uh they get their blood given to him and they're like not allowed to do certain things and basically like she does something wrong and they like kind of hold her hostage like in a, in a place and then they release her and she goes back um there's like a record deal that was going on with her band like shoot they were about to get signed and uh she like just disappears for a little while and then she goes back to the band and um they're like on the verge of like getting signed and and have this big like record deal and she also is a lesbian so she she's like has a girlfriend um and there's like the lead vampire dude like he has like a people under him and like one of the people under him 
um, attacks her girlfriend or something like that, and then she's like about to die, so she turns her into a vampire. Our lead character turns her girlfriend into a vampire. Um, honestly, guys, like th- this one was like it was it was really boring. Honestly, like it 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 looks like a movie that has like a lot going for it like the aesthetic is actually really nice like they have some like overhead like helicopter shots of like the city and it has like this washed out palette look to it um like this sort of like um i guess like opaque type of like palette and it has some good music actually like the band that they're in is actually cool like it opens up with them like doing a song like singing it and stuff i was like oh this is like cool like it's it's like kind of this cool little like all chick rock band and they're like you know just it's kind of like a rocker movie like the like one of the characters like surfs but she's a vampire so like she surfs at night um which is it's like it has like good like atmosphere to it at times it's super like indie looking (laughs) at times too though i don't know i just pictured a vampire surfing (laughs) and it just totally made me laugh like these huge fangs sticking out of her mouth and she's fucking surfing (laughs) (laughs) um but so it it has like these things going for it but it just misses like i don't really understand the rules of like the the coven and like what they're allowed to do and like why they're not allowed to do certain things like it's really not set up super well it just kind of misses a lot of beats that that a successful movie needs to have um there's actually some editing problems i noticed in it too like Right, you know how like if you're doing a scene like in a car or something and the camera's on one person and then it cuts to the other person well there should never be a close-up shot of one character and there be a cut to the same character you know like they just cut out a piece of dialogue because you notice the cut at that point right <laughs> like like it's it's not a YouTube video. You can't just like put a cut in the middle of like the scene, you know, and, and still have the same shot. Your your same angle, same shot, but it's a you cut. do. Well, I'm like I make YouTube fucking videos, not movies. You have fucking edits every twenty seconds. Not all the time, just a couple of videos. Shines up different. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it, it it is like stuff like that that's a little problematic. But like the aesthetic of the film is very nice. So it's like kind of like you have like this art style and then you have like this bad filmmaking thing happening too so it's like very conflicting i wanted to like it like i i I was watching it i was like oh this could totally be cool like i I would like to spend time in this world of this rock band who uh, is you know like low level one they're them trying to make it and oh yeah the lead the the lead singer or whatever happens to be a vampire the lead guitarist or whatever and she's a lesbian and has a girlfriend and she's in this like coven of vampire thing like it it sounds like good on paper like there's certain things about it that are cool but for the most part it just kind of fails on most levels of actual being a good film so uh i'm gonna come in like just a tad above average because i do think that there were enough things there to kind of make you want to be in that world but it just kind of Mm, it's it's like you wanted it to be good you know what i mean it is boring a lot of times too like there was just scenes that were cool so i'll come in at 5.5 out of 10 that's the word you just don't want to hear is boring boring <laughs> yeah yep that's for sure nothing's had... worse than that, well, so that I like can, i couldn't but... even find this movie it turns out you can rent it on amazon for well it's probably bucks. that that's crazy six and it, bucks and it came Dude, out last everything's year six bucks i had to rent freaking grapes of death 
But this <laughs> fucking six shutter. bucks to rent. Yeah, that's great. And it came out in 2016. I never even heard of that one. No, I didn't either. I guess that's... It, one good thing, it only was an hour and 17 minutes. Oh, that's good. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty short. Yep. Coolio. Cool, man. Um, all right, so first up here is a film that says it's from 2016. It's a 2017 release, though, and it is the Aussie film titled Hounds of Love. Uh, okay. This this is one that I wanted to check out because it was an Aussie film, and I'm a really big fan of Aussie cinema. Jason was really high on this one. He, I believe, he told me if there was one movie that he, I think he's seen it at a festival, and he's like, he's like, out of all the movies I watched, this was probably the best one. I think, it, I think it was that one. I'm not sure, but no, he definitely he told me that this one, Killing of the Sacred Deer, was the best. Ed. That might have been what it I, was, but I think he recommended this one still. Yeah, I've seen this one on a couple people's lists, like you know, to check out, you know, you got to kind of check out this one for 2017. So I was like, not a problem. I mean, I was already interested in the fact that it was an Aussie film. So, uh, but it's got a basic, a really basic setup to it. It's, uh, you know, follows her main character, Vicky. Um, she basically gets abducted by this couple, um, by the names of John and Evelyn. And they essentially, this is what they do. They abduct, you know, teenage girls have their way with them and murder them. They're just a serial killing couple. Uh, so this is what happens to Vicky. You know, she um, is staying with her mom uh, for the weekend. Her parents have split. Her dad's like a really rich uh, surgeon, and her mom has kind of just left the family. Like, she just didn't want to be part of that rich type thing. And she lives in this, like, really kind of low rent, um, just kind of really downbeat, shitty type area and stuff. And she's just kind of left her whole life behind. And Vicky really resents her mother for that and all and stuff. And this one specific night, her mom says to her, she's like, nope, you're not going out. You're staying in, doing your studies and shit. Of course, Vicky doesn't listen and she gets abducted. Hence the rest of our film. So my thoughts on this one. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> this is an amazing movie. Amazing like I was fucking taken back by this on so many different levels. It's such a beautiful film. Uh, it's shot amazing. Like the cinematography in this film is fantastic, man. Um, it's set in 1987, which is kind of interesting. And in this kind of low rent type area. Um, and I, re I really like how they set this up because, you know, even though it's set in 1987, it doesn't keep reminding you that it's from the 80s. It's not very flashy. It's very kind of downbeat, late 80s type vibe to it and shit. I really liked the aesthetic of the film. It was fantastically done. Um, but right away in this film, what you get is, um, you know, with such a basic setup, you kind of feel like this one could go one way or the other, you know, be very almost too basic. But you get a very complex film. Um, the character development with all three of the main characters here with Vicky and, of course, the, the couple is, is perplexing. The amount of, uh, you know, in-depth character study that we get here with all these characters. I mean, we get into Vicky's psyche with her family and stuff. And then, um, you know, the wife play uh, Evelyn. Um, she's like a very paranoid type wife. You know, she's involved with her husband, John, who's doing all the serial killing and stuff, but she right away is like very jealous of Vicky. So there's this whole dynamic between this couple and Vicky and, and all this kind of psychological things that are happening and stuff, man, the character development is developed so well in this film. I was just taken right back, but it doesn't take anything away from the pacing of this one too. It's got this very suspenseful, just like heartfelt driven type film. You really feel the pain 
of Vicky in this movie as she's being subjected to this type of um, brutalness by this couple. Uh, it, it, again, the dynamics are really interesting too because John is portrayed as this straight up, you know, just heartless serial killer. There's scenes of him where he, you know, he's taking bodies out to the, you know, to the forest and burying them, and he's got no emotion and stuff like that. But but he actually becomes kind of emotionally attached to Vicky, which you know kind of creates this whole dynamic between Vicky and the wife and stuff, which is really interesting how that kind of plays out towards the end of the film too. Um, fantastic stuff fantastic stuff you the performances the acting in this film is really really spot on I, I think everyone did a great job Emma Booth plays the wife she does a fantastic job as this like paranoid type character um, and they really kind of downplayed her look too they made her look so shoddy and shitty in this film I, I really enjoyed that but um, again going back to the aesthetic man what a beautiful ass film the transitions in this one are very kind of artsy uh, there's, you know, a little, the transitions, I, they were so interesting how they did them. You know, it was very art house and long transitions and shit. And I just wasn't expecting that type of, you know, energy and, you know, thought in, you know, that was put into the, into the film and stuff. It really made it, you know, have that appeal to it, you know, that really awesome appeal. Um, you know, for a film that's basically contained, it actually has really amazing pacing, which I was very surprised by because, like I said, the characters are actually interesting in this film and you really want to find out like where this thing's going and how this thing's going to end, which leads me to the end of the film. Um, I completely 100% agree with what they did with the ending, but I think it actually would have worked if they had went a different way even more because of the way they set it up. There is, there's a moment in this film where you're just, when you're watching it, the agony of watching the scene is just so depressing. And if it had to play out in a different way, it would have just been, holy shit, man, unbelievable. But, um, you know, all in all, a fantastic movie. I don't really have anything bad to say about this one because every technical spec to this movie was fantastic. I thought it was just so well done. I, you know, that's, you know, it's just one of the best films of the year I've seen nine and a half out of 10, I highly recommend everyone check this one out. It's just awesome. It's very haunting. It's very, it's got some nastiness to it, man. And you just fucking hate these main characters, man. You know, the captors so much in this film, especially with this one What's part. What's it called? Hounds of Love. Hounds of Love. You just, you really fucking hate them. And, and at the same time, you feel for them at the same, it's, it's got such an emotional roller coaster throughout this film. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable, man. I just absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, you check could it actually out, um, rent that one for two ninety nine on Amazon as well. <laughs> Why is that one cheaper than that other piece of shit that you reviewed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but as soon as you mentioned this one, it was already one that was kind of on my radar, but I think you said it in a chat or something. You said it was good. Uh, I added it to, which, speaking of social media, earlier in the show, I, I've been starting to use Letterboxd a lot. I know Jeremy uses it a lot, too, to keep track of things. And it's actually really good, man. It's super helpful for yeah. list making and keeping track of stuff. And, like, right now, my watch list is all 2017 films that I want to get to before the end of the year. I, I added Hounds of Love to it. So I'll definitely I'll definitely get to that one before the end of the year. But Jeremy, you actually missed two uh, films la last week that we both, me and Moods both recommend. Well, he recommended one and I recommended one, um, which uh, is. I was going to watch Super Dark Times. Tomorrow. Yeah, Super Dark Times. Um, and the other one was Mayhem, both uh, potential yeah. top ten tenors of the year, <clears throat> along with what sounds like Hounds of Love now. So um, definitely, definitely, really 
pumping up my uh i mean dude at this point like my oh, list, grab mayhem on 4k <laughs> my list looks super good right now but it totally it totally like there there's still it seems like a good 10 movies that are list potential that i haven't even seen yet so like my list potentially could look comp- which just blows my mind because my list i already love my list so to see that it could actually change that much yeah. with this little time we have left, this stuff that I still need to see, I'm really excited. Yeah, I was really happy that this one, you know, was that type of level for me because mm-hmm. I needed something like this from this year because it hasn't been my favorite year, you know, of all time kind of thing. And uh, this this film kind of just elevated it for me. It was fucking really awesome. So what's the what's the final word on I Am a Hero? 2017 i haven't looked into it any further yet so okay I'll, I'll, I'll let you know after the show but it seemed like it was so yeah all right jeremy all right patreon pick from the year 2007 it is a film called the signal so this is a really interesting film it's released by magnolia and this is a this non a michael fisher pick for you yeah, this is a non-linear kind of a movie, meaning that uh, it doesn't follow your usual story uh, arc that we're used to seeing in pretty much every other movie. Uh, it's it's kind of like an anthology. It all takes place in the same world, but it's broken up into three different kind of segments, each one directed by a different director, but all of them includes the same character and things like that. But it's very interesting the way that it's pieced together, so... Uh, we follow our two main characters, Maya and her uh, boyfriend slash mistress, Max. And they are um, fooling around one night and there is a, l- a bunch of static going on on their phones. And they don't know. They just assume that it's nothing. And they head home and um, Maya confronts her husband Clark, who of course probably uh, suspects something's going on between the two, and uh, there's a lot of commotion going on outside. And what we learn that there is a signal that's coming out of the TV that are making people go crazy and start murdering each other. So uh, it's like this psychedelic kind of uh, uh, image comes onto the TV, whoever watches it, they they lose track of what's reality in the sense that uh, their animalistic tendencies come to life. This is a, a sequel to Halloween 3. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's a really Dr. Weird. Chalice never got, the t- never got him to turn it off. Yeah, it's a really weird movie and it's pieced together in a very weird way because uh, as an audience, you don't know what's reality and what's going on in the character's head that uh, are focusing on at that point. So let's say we're in uh, Clark's head. We see what he sees, but that might not actually be what's going on in reality. So it's like it's it's kind of a mindfuck kind of a movie uh, in the sense that the filmmakers don't show what's really going on the entire time. Uh, we could be seeing our character's hallucination of what – uh, they want to achieve in life. Let's so so. Clark wants to kill Ben because Ben's sleeping with his wife. He may have a fan. He may be seeing some kind of fantasy of him killing Ben, but in reality, this is happening. So it's like a whole bunch of weird mindfuck kind of a thing. This movie is really interesting. 
uh, wasn't even on my radar. I haven't even heard of it before, and uh, it's actually really funny too. It's it's a it's a black comedy. It has some really comedic uh, aspects going on with it, but the gore is really good. Everything about it, it's really a really really interesting movie, just narrative wise. And I think that uh, a lot of people could have a different. Uh, thought about what's happening with the characters and what's reality and what's not reality what's in the characters minds and everything like that so if you guys get a chance to watch the signal highly recommend it i haven't really heard too many people talk about it but i had a good time with it so i gave it an eight out of ten it's on yeah, my it's list pretty good. Check I, out. I've, I've seen it before it's um got aj bowen in it which was actually yeah. one of the reasons that i watched it i like aj aj bowen um you know it's been a couple years since i've seen it so i can't really remember um like even when you was describing it like i totally didn't remember that it was directed by three people and like i just remember i do remember it being kind of funny at times Mm -hmm. but yeah it's 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 one that i did like when it when it came out i don't know if i reviewed it on here i don't think that i did but i definitely watched it since we've done this podcast um it's in my ratings somewhere, so I definitely <laughs> rated it before. Never mind. I was thinking it was the tunnel for a second. That's the one I've got no, to watch. Yeah, the signal. signal. Yeah. There's so many movies called The Signal, man. It's yeah, there's one from 2014 with Lawrence Fishburne. And there's yeah, Fishburne. that was the one that I avoided that. The 2007 year, I one, or I think 2007. That's the one I just reviewed, you dumbass. Yeah. No, there's, <laughs> there's another one, too. Oh, is there? Yeah. Yeah, but um, I'm glad you liked that one because I thought I thought it was pretty good when I watched it. Um, definitely kind of a weird movie. Cool it's concept. Really it's almost weird. like it. It's almost like an infected style. Yeah, movie. like the TV makes them infected and they go on murderous rampages against each other because of the TV. It's interesting, and, and the and the structure is interesting. I think that's like the most fascinating thing with this movie is that it's non-linear so uh if you're used to watching movies of course like we all are it's 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 hard to watch a movie that doesn't follow the beginning middle and ending type of a uh, narrative that we're used to watching so it's for some fun- reason i think i had a problem with the end or something i'm looking at my yeah. rating i gave it a 6.5 out of 10 back uh-huh. in 2015 so yeah, this is what um, i was thinking of yeah the yeah. signal from 2014 yeah, with Lauren Fishman. I don't think is he. A, oh yeah, that's okay. Fuck, I didn't even realize he was in that one. Yeah, the signal's a good film, man. I think it's pretty interesting. I think it all kind of comes together, though. You've seen that then? The signal? Yeah, I own it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you didn't really say anything. Made it seem like you haven't seen it. No, I've seen it. I've oh. I've actually reviewed it on my channel before. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So I guess it's back to me and this one, right? Let me. This one, oh my god! This is this. This came from goddamn um, Matt oh, my best friend Janikowski, I think. And I'm like, what the hell, bro? What's up with this? Welcome to my world, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me Slaughter Claws, which, by the way, I couldn't find it anywhere. I had to buy this shit, so I paid seven, six dollars for Slaughter Claws. Thanks. <laughs> oh my god! That's uh, a DVD now. Yeah. <laughs> so I I have the DVD. Um. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I don't even know what the I, I mean. There's a Santa Claus, and there's this elf dude who is like got on some like fake like everything. Now, fake now JP, fuck. I just wanna I just wanna take you into your 
into my world. Imagine having to watch like seven of these movies and you're like, oh, I would do it. I wouldn't complain. I could totally do it. No, oh, that's a bunch of bullshit. No, this, totally th- this movie right here is worse than anything you've watched, Jeremy. Mm. Um, I don't think so. I don't watch think this is worse than a- anything he's watched. Um, but Slaughter Claws uh essentially just follows these antics of this this santa claus killer and this little elf like it's not really a story like it's just a bunch of random scenes it seems like almost um yeah there's like a scene where like actually you know what's funny about this movie is that this would have been torture to watch by myself but thank god i watched it with another person and it actually we laughed a few times um, there's like a scene where this dude gets hung with Christmas lights, which is really funny. Cause it's like, it just keeps cutting back and showing it again and again. And it's like a dummy and then it's this guy and then it's a dummy. And it's, it's probably one of the funnier dummy things that I've seen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it looks pretty bad. Uh, the other scene that stands out is a scene in which this, uh, woman is throwing up in a sink and it just goes on and on and on, and I just—it's just like, what the hell? It's ridiculous. It, it's by so the bad. point that you get to that, because at first it's like, okay, this movie's bad, but it's—it's it's like funny. But by the, I would say that point and after, it's like overstated. It's welcome. Like it's no longer like funny. It's just annoying at that point. Um, there, there was like this kid falls down the the steps, <laughs> yeah. and like they. they they have like a little kid like rolling down these steps and they just speed up the footage and like play with like the speed of the <laughs> footage so and, like bad. the time to like make it look but it's just, and like they're smiling and stuff like it is just abysmal awful filmmaking like edit like this is literally <clears throat> like I'm not even exaggerating this is literally as do it yourself as you can possibly get <clears throat> Like it is like I could have made this movie 100%. It's this 100%. generation's like shot on video. Essentially yeah. is what it is. But shot on video was actually cool. And like, actually, <laughs> you know, they, they actually, tr- like it, it's just, it's what I've said before. I think when we reviewed Mutantis, where it's like, it's almost bad that anybody can make a movie now because Mutantis, I forgot about that one. Even, even <clears throat> back when, well, the Mutantis is way better than this, but, <laughs> um, even back with like shot on video, like you actually had to like put mad effort into making it work, right? Yeah. Like, so these movies, like it's it requires no effort. Like this dude had a camera. Um, they do a lot of shitty green screen in it too. Like this, whoever made this, like ha- had a camera and was like, I want to make a movie. And how it got to DVD, I have no goddamn idea. <laughs> Honestly, like I truly <laughs> don't. This thing. guy's directed ten things, ten of them. Slaughter Claws was his one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh, eighth effort. <laughs> uh, he made classics such as Night of the Bums, Killer Crow- Clowns from Kansas on Crack. Ooh, I want to see that. <laughs> South Will Rise Again. Isn't that a trauma? Which one? South Will Rise Again. No. Is that a trauma film? No, okay. that's not a trauma. Um, I mean, dude, this, this movie is That is makes really it even worse. Bad. That makes it even worse, though. This is his eighth film, and it's still that fucking bad. You know, you think by your eighth film, you'd be able to edit your films properly and not have, like, 12-second pauses between dialogue before dialogue is actually spoken. Like, that's one of the most annoying things about this film, and it's so aggravating to watch is when the camera cuts to the character ready to talk, and then there's, like, a five- or six-second pause, and then he talks, and then 
you know, it cuts to the person they're talking to, and then there's another pause before they answer. Like I've seen it's better editing on move on on films and movies that you they edited in camera. You know what I mean? Where you like yeah, rewind and start. It's just so easy. It's just so easy to edit film properly. Like, how do you have those long pauses in there for throughout the whole film? Well, yeah, it, I mean, it makes can, no like, sense to me. Adobe can you can edit better, like, and that's what twenty bucks a month or something. Yeah, you know dude, what I mean? It, it, there's no excuse <laughs> for that. I mean, people learning how to edit would never even edit shit that bad. Like, it, did he do that on purpose? Because if he did, that's the most aggravating thing I've ever seen in a well, film. Well, this this is my argument. Like, it's obviously supposed to be bad. It's supposed to be. It's it's like this whole idea of filmmaking that I I personally but there's a difference between hey making a bad film on purpose and making it like just aggravatingly bad you know it's so agitating to watch it I was just like fucking pulling out my the last strands of hair on my head watching this thing I'm like I couldn't do I was fucking dying with this one man it was yeah the worst and, and thing it's, ever it's like um it's like. like the the, i mean dude like there's no even you can't even like it's not a plot there's no plot to this no there's like like, no plot at all no and it's just i can't like it's insane to me that it's on dvd like i i bet you that this guy self-distributes he had to have right like he had to it's it's 100 i think if you look at it's just straight up indie right i mean he probably even cut out the artwork himself too because it's it's not even cut properly (laughs) yeah so i i mean like i think that it's crazy like this guy probably got six dollars from me like i'm not even joking <laughs> Minus the Amazon, like, whatever. But, like he probably got some money from me directly um which i'm unhappy about sir i want my money back dude i find <laughs> it so fucking hilarious that you paid six bucks this movie at least i at least somebody sent me this movie for free dude listen <laughs> I, I like right now in this stage of my life like you guys know my personal life a little bit like i have a ton more bills than i've ever had in my life so like my 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 dvd budget is is at the lowest it's ever been be even more than when i didn't have a job so like it sucks when i have to spend <laughs> six dollars on this damn thing <laughs> um but at the same time you know i actually laughed a little bit like that's a plus like i did laugh a little bit um I think that this is actually more entertaining than the hip hop witch, like personally. I I, I did laugh at the kid falling down the stair part though. That that shit actually did make me laugh because any anything to do with kids getting hurt and shit makes me laugh. I'm kind of morbid like that, but yeah. But this is this is obviously the lowest rated film you could ever have. Um, I like it's hard to say if it's worse than the hip hop witch. I found it more entertaining. So on that alone, I mean, I, I think that it's a it's better if you can even say that. But Same it's still ra- yeah. the lowest possible rating I could give this film, which is a point five out of ten. It's truly atrocious. <laughs> yeah, I told you, man. I told you, point five. So, is this movie on the same level as Beneath the Mississippi? Um, I still think Beneath the Mississippi is like, I mean, they're hand in hand, but I think Beneath the Mississippi is worse. Yeah. Um, simply because it's not, it's it's like there's no funniness to it. It's mm. just it's like this in terms of like shitty filmmaking. Like the the biggest thing that I can say about Beneath the Mississippi is it's actually a film that was released that has literal like broken audio where it's like you can't hear what the people are saying because that the, like they fucked 
they somehow they broke the audio and they never dubbed it or anything so it's like that is why that one is and the further i get from it you know the more the less i remember about it because Mm. at this point it's been uh six seven years since i've seen it so it's it's getting further out of my memory every year so it's hard to talk about when it gets brought up but this movie like if i'm doing a top 10 worst movies of all time congratulations slaughter clause you just you just made the list i have a list (laughs) i have a list compiled of like that i never made the video it was i stopped doing top 10 twosies a long time ago but i actually have a top 10 list of the worst films in my collection this is on like definitely on there (laughs) i mean it it deserves to be it's it's like right there with the worst shit that i've ever seen you know i would say like beneath the mississippi to hip-hop witch this like at this point killjoy is kind of maybe even bumped out of the top 10 at at this point because it's a fucking masterpiece compared to this thing well at at one point killjoy was the worst movie i had ever seen the first killjoy yeah it's pretty shit um i i haven't seen it in a long time but at this point like it's actually a coherent movie Mm-hmm. The kill is, you know what I mean, and this is just, this is just, I, dude. I, how did Janowski? How the hell did you even know about this movie? It had to be from Moods' YouTube channel, probably. <laughs> like, there's no way that you could have been like, oh, I've sat through Slaughter Claws and now I want to make JP do it. He's probably never even fucking seen it, and he's just like, oh, I heard that one sucked super bad. <laughs> um, like I don't mind reviewing completely awful films. I would rather review good films, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, uh, it's it, it like a it was an experience. Me and Carly had a little fun with it. So, what did you give your hand job when you were watching it? Uh, which would be exactly like what you. Excuse me, I had a joke there, but I failed on it. So, oh. point for Jeremy. I was. <laughs> Point five out of Damn ten, it. man. Shit, dude. I mean, I'd rate it. Too bad Jeremy hasn't seen it. This is a Hall of Painter. Oh, yeah. Hands motherfucking down. I mean, it's just... Oh, it's so bad. All right. Moving along here. Uh, this is a Patreon pick from Michael Fisher, our good friend Michael Fisher, who likes to pick awesome, awesome films. Um, this one's from 1999, and it's called Das Coma Brutal Duel. Or the English translation as The Coma Brutal Duel. Um, yes, this is a German splatter film uh, directed by Hiko, F- Hiko Fipper. He's only got like two titles to his name. One was a 91 and this was a 99 and then he quit. That's it. Uh, so what we get here is, I mean, the, the narrative is a little bit coherent in this one. It's, I get there's a little bit of a plot, but not much. It's very, very paper thin. Uh, the short and long of it basically is um, it's about this this one mafia gang who wants revenge on this other gang because they did a hit on this dude's father. They killed him, and um, and then this guy got put into a coma. Ten years later, he's back for revenge with his gang. So now they are out to kill these motherfuckers. Um, the odd thing about it is though these guys are like kind of immortal you know you can like chop them in half cut their heads off blah 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 and shit and they just keep coming back to life which is not explained in the movie at all they just have this ability to be immortal and that's it so (laughs) my thoughts on this movie this is like 90 minutes of just straight fight scenes and gore it's non-stop right from the opening scene of the movie to the very last shot in the movie it's just 
these guys who are able to find their enemies all the time in random places where it may be like in an open field or like on a corner and then they just fight to the death. It's just not that's the whole fucking movie man there's nothing more to it it's like ridiculous no plot twist uh the plot does you know it it never seems to go anywhere else but just fight scenes um but you know it's a german splatter film it's not really about the narrative at all it's about the gore it's about the blood and shit uh are the effects decent not really they're not really the greatest in the world i've seen a lot better from german splatter films um but it, it, you know, it's just it's just constant. It's it's almost like if you're watching this movie and you weren't feeling good, it probably make you a little bit nauseated because it's just so much goddamn blood and shit like that, and so much gore. It's it's fucking ridiculous, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. But it actually is kind of a fun time. It goes by quite fast, to be honest. For a movie that probably overstayed its welcome, considering it's pretty much like a replay of this previous scene. <laughs> It's just like scenes over and over again. There is some random, random scenes in this shit, man. Like I mentioned that this one gang is immortal. There's a scene where this dude gets fucked up and he gets kind of killed, I guess. And he gets this other dude gets his buddy to like put half his brain inside this other guy so they can like come back to life. And then they go and fight like that. It's just fucked up, man. <laughs> like Really random shit. Like they cut this dude's head open, switch out the brains and then they're just back out in the streets fighting again. It's like, okay, it's nothing more to it, but, um, and there's not really a whole lot more to say about it. There's absolutely no narrative to this. So I'm going to come in at about a four and a half out of 10. It's entertaining with the gore and shit like that. It's not a great movie by any means, but it's German splatter seen a lot better, but it's still fun. I still recommend it if you're into these type of gore films, but, uh, seen better effects though, too. (laughs) In All fact, right. in, in fact, some of them are <laughs> it's quite laughable, actually, man. It's just it honestly, this might even be I think I made I made a top 10 list one time of the goriest indie films I've ever seen. This one was actually at the top of it. There, you just don't seem I, I do give them mad props for putting in the effort to have that much effects. Like, you know, the average film probably has, you know, so many effects and stuff. I mean, this is literally every single fucking scene in the movie. That's impressive. You know, for a low-budget film to put that much effort and that much, you know, blood and gore, you know, you got to give him some credit. So, it's kind of cool. Jeremy. All right. Next up, from the year 2016, a film that a lot of you guys talked about, probably to death, but I have never seen it, and that is The Neon Demon. Now, Winding Perrin. How do you pronounce the name, JP? Who? The director of Neon Demon. What's his name? I don't even know. I always fucking mispronounce his name. Uh, Nicholas Winding, Winding Riff? Reef? I, I, Winding, Winding Reefin? Whatever. Um, this dude, like, I was a huge fan of Drive when it first came out. I think I saw it, like, three times in the movie theater. I was a really huge fan of that movie. Uh, you know, it was one of his first films. And, and you know, I think a lot of people were... Uh, connected to his visual style and his use of music in that film and I think he carried it over into Only God Forgives now Only God Forgives I wasn't a huge fan of it when I first saw it I know Moods absolutely fucking destroyly loves that movie to fucking death well I've been a fan I've I've been a fan of this guy for a long time because I mean honestly dude like the Neon Demon or Drive was I don't know he didn't want 
he probably done like six or seven films before he did Drive. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the Pusher films before? No. A little bit different in style and shit, but they're pretty cool, like gangster type films and shit. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he's actually got quite a different style, like you know, for his later stuff. Pretty interesting director, actually. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, when I first saw, I've only seen it once. I really, I really wasn't a huge fan of Only God Forgives. I think I had to give it another shot because of, of the fact that just like this film, it's a very uh, yeah. A slow burn not much goes on kind of a film read between the lines but it has that uh mise-en-scene look that drive has with this music and the neon lights and then it carries over into this film which has that very similar uh, narrative style and a very similar soundtrack and uh color scheme and lighting and it's like a mixture of uh black swan meets uh i don't know fucking I don't even know. It's like Black Swan meets. It's a very weird movie, and it had oh, Starry Eyes meets Black Swan. That's a good similarity, yeah, and it has yeah. like a a Suspiria kind of a color scheme to it. So it's a very it's a, it's an interesting film. Now, did I love this movie? I don't think I loved it as much as you guys. I don't know if I'm retarded. But I'm probably retarded, but uh, I, maybe I didn't read between the lines too much, and I really didn't get out of it that much during my first viewing. Maybe I have to watch it a few more times to to fully grasp what's going on but we follow jesse jesse is a 16 year old the up and coming actress who moves to los angeles to of course try to get into the modeling business and uh she is hooked up with this girl named ruby who gets her this amateur photo shoot she ultimately ends up at this agency and everybody is uh, fascinated by her beauty uh, she has this natural beauty to her that the other girls uh, female characters in this film wish that they had and you know jealousy starts to sit in and as Jesse becomes more and more famous she starts to uh, change her personalities and her personality changes from like a good girl type of a character to a cocky type of a character and this ultimately uh, explodes one night when she's doing a runway uh, show and she sees this psychedelic triangle thingy that's very symbolic with this movie and it's after that night that she pretty much changes as a whole as a person now the movie is nothing really goes on in this movie besides a whole bunch of uh weird dialogue and camera movements and things along that line and then like within the next like 20 minutes of the film things start to pick up a little bit more we start to get a little bit more narrative as what's going on with these other act with these other models and things like that and and jesse as a character i think like i said i really need to probably watch this one a few more times probably like only god forgives before i'm able to give my full and concrete analysis is what's going on in this movie and what uh and what the things like the lighting and and the dialogue uh represent to the character i don't think that i've probably fully dived into who jesse is as a character overall and the people around her i mean maybe there's some more subtle hints as what's going on what we figure out at the end of the film uh throughout the movie maybe i missed them or something like that but this is still an absolutely gorgeous 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 fucking movie it is so beautiful to look at uh it 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 has that no pun intended it has that neon bright purple and red and blue color scheme that uh 
brief in it is so synonymous for and it has of course the uh martinez soundtrack of course who does all his movies uh which is just as good as uh his last two endeavors in the soundtrack world so uh i i'd be very curious to give this one another watch down the line and 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 maybe give some more thought to it it's a it's a complex movie that i think uh needs a lot of time to uh dissect in somebody's brain before they're able to give a full and complete analysis on it but i gave it an eight and a half out of ten i i I really like the movie i just need some more time with it yeah um i think i personally loved it (laughs) like it it actually blew me away when i seen it i was just like fell in love with it and yeah you know if if i didn't rewatch the witch last year and and then rewatch it again with the commentary and truly see all the fine details the neon demon would have been my number one like that last year was like the the only year where i've ever had two films that could easily be number one or not like it could have switched like I've, they were as equal as possible um and i just i i think that last year was my favorite list that i've ever done i think that it's actually my best list and uh, I think Neon Demon at the top with uh, the witch was was great. I, I honestly like I don't remember a ton about the Neon Demon right now. Like I remember specific things, but I think I've just watched so many movies over the past year that like my brain just doesn't hold the information like it used to, dude. But I just remember being obsessed with that movie after I seen it. And yeah, we I actually got like, a couple. I think that's of another thing with these guys, like uh, these guys' films, like. People either really, really, really love his movies, or they really, really, really hate his movies. Like I know, I was reading when Only God Forgives played at Cannes. Like some people gave it a standing ovation, and some people were booing at the screen. And then when I was reading about this one today, the same shit was happening with this movie as well. Like people were clapping, and other people were just booing and hated it. So it seems like it's that kind of uh, he's that kind of a director starting with only god forgives that like you either love his movies or you either like absolutely hate his movies so uh well i think the, i just need to let it sit a little bit more yeah i think there, yeah, de- there was definitely a lot of haters of the neon demon last year like oh there still, still is it's like still is I'm, just art house because a lot of people aren't willing to take the time to try and dissect a film and read between the lines and figure out exactly what it's trying to suggest to the audience so what do you think it's trying to just say to the audience I've, I've i've talked about this many times i mean in my opinion this movie is just a big metaphor for hollywood and mm-hmm. uh basically so, similar to starry eyes with, yeah which is, you know it's i mean it's it is that it's um it, like the, the the way they display the fashion industry in the, this film was like just awesome you know yeah. like just the and and any type of fame, really. Any type of the short and long. Of, I mean, we yeah. all we all know that. Yeah, the short and long of this basically is how I described it. Is you know how Hollywood can be very vicious in itself, and it you know how it can kind of you know chew you up and spit you out. And yeah. at one point in this film, it, it literally shows you that, right? Uh-huh. It, it displays <laughs> that, and I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of great. Uh, contracts between the characters and how they relate to the metaphor and stuff. And I, I, I think it's it's one of those films that, that, yeah, if you do watch it multiple times, I think you'll pick up more things and just try to dissect it a little bit more. Like, like Keanu Reeves' character in the film is actually... I heard one person say it was, oh, his character was quite, um, you know, disposable. And I was like, he's mm. completely not disposable because yeah. if you look at what he's representing in within the film and the metaphor, it's actually quite genius. 
right? So, and I think a lot in a lot of the characters, everybody in this film has a place within that. So, yeah, I mean, that film made three out of our four lists last year. Uh, it was my number one, uh, two, Derek's number three, and I believe Moods is number six. Yeah, I really uh, I enjoyed it, man. It was good. Yeah, so awesome. Mm-hmm. My turn? Yeah. Last yes. review of 2017. Uh, yeah, my last What We Watched of 2017. Yeah. All right, so um, the last one here was from – who the hell gave me this one? Um, I'll check in a second, but – it's from the year 2012. Uh, I think it's a WWE production, and it's titled No One Lives, which is a movie yeah. that I've never really heard of, honestly. So I was a little unsure of like... It took me a little bit to check that one out, too, because when I first saw the cover, I thought it was an action film. <laughs> it does look like an action film <laughs> on the cover. That's what I was wondering, too. I kind of put it off a little bit because I was like, I don't know, I just was like, uh, action, you know, that's what I was thinking, too. Um but yeah, so the no one lives. Uh, who gave me this one? Uh, fan of Eli, so fan of Eli Roth, which I assume that's what that means. Um, gave me no one lives, and no one lives uh, is kind of an interesting movie because it, it's a very unconventional plot, like about as unconventional as you can kind of get. Uh, basically, it follows a gang of, I guess, criminals, you know, people who are going to like rob you and and steal from you and, and career criminals, people that are uh, clearly make their living from illegal activities. And it seems like a lot of them are related, uh, kind of like uh, a little family almost. And basically, they come in contact with a uh, wealthy couple uh, traveling across the country. And this happens after they kind of fail at a, at a job where they were robbing a house. So they're kind of uh, one of the characters is kind of in desperate need to kind of make it right. And uh, they basically kidnap these uh, people. And um, I'm going to go into the plot a little bit. This this might be spoiler because it's like the first like twist of the movie, I guess. Um, but it happens so early on. Essentially, the people who they mess with and kidnap are actually probably worse than the people that are the gang that because this guy is i don't really know what he is he's just a badass he, he's like basically uh they they figure he's this your out worst by nightmare the fact, <laughs> yeah they, they figure this out by the time that by the way that they um the guy actually has a girl captive in his trunk so it's like the these bad people it would be like if the stranger's busted into the house and all of a sudden there was people tied up in the basement you know what i mean it's it's, yeah. it's kind of like that um so it's oh all of a sudden the tables are turned the roles are reversed and now the criminals are the victims um pretty interesting concept the tagline is everyone runs everyone hides no one lives um which i actually like how they incorporated the title into the film honestly there's kind of a scene for that uh but so I kind of this this movie is good. I, th- I think it is good. I don't think it's great. Uh, I think that it has a, a little bit of problems in like the just the general probability of things that happen, like the events that happen in the movie just seem very very unlikely, uh, especially as more and more the story unfolds. Like there's parts where people get away and they're gone and comes back and it's just like it seems like just very very improbable and usually that type of movie annoys me a lot 
Um, but I did just I I really like the the ragtag group of of uh, you know criminals like uh, the lead criminal the one that's kind of the craziest he was pretty cool uh they had this big ass one i i assume he might have been a, a wrestler or something i don't really follow wrestling but i thought he might have been that but since there's a w is there do you jeremy do you know if there's any wrestlers in this movie what movie uh no one lives yeah his name is brodus clay he's not in the wwe anymore he got fired like two years ago or something and he was the big guy yeah Okay, see, I you could just tell, man. <laughs> like, I just had a feeling that he was probably... Yeah, bro, this clay. Um, so, I don't know, man. Like, it was it was cool. I, I actually kind of liked the ending. But, I don't know. It was like, I just couldn't love it. You know what I mean? It had its moments. There's some cool kills and stuff like that. But it just seemed like ridiculous. Like there's this dude like dangled above like a, what seems to be like a wood chipper or something. It just seemed like it just seemed like it was like too much. They just push it a little bit too far with like what this guy's capable of doing. Like I know you're trying to set him up as this guy that's like a perfect assassin type character, but it just to me it, it seemed a little much and like there's a scene where he actually slits his own throat to like prove a point, and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know about that, buddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. It it was all right. I, I gave it a seven out of ten. Yeah. What did you think of it? I know you've seen it. Oh, I think it's fun as hell, man. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of nonsensical things that are happening in a film. You kind of, I think it, it's it's a perfect example of a film that you kind of have to separate. You know you just have to kind of put yourself out there, you know, like just separate reality from the some of the events that, that are going set. Yeah, yeah. You got to take yourself out of, you know, the reality of things and kind of put yourself into that almost comic book ish type style. I mean, it's, it is kind of ridiculous, but I think, I think it's vicious. And, uh, you know, when I watched the film, I didn't know like anything about it. So everything was a complete shock to me. Like the first twist in the film, I was like, Oh God damn. Right, and then it just kind of—it was fun. It's a yeah, fun, it's they kind of set that twist up at the diner. Yeah, where he's like, the guy's like, "Oh, you're definitely not the type. I've seen the type. Trust me, I know the type." Or something, and then yeah, yeah. he says the, the the husband like says some sort of line like, "If only he knew," or something like that. And I kind of—I think that was like a hint towards the twist that this dude's probably not the greatest guy. <laughs> but um, he was—I don't know, like. I I did I did like it like I, I I liked it I thought it was pretty vicious and stuff but just just certain things like I really liked some of the lines like there's one chick who's like dying and and he's like she's all like I didn't do anything or something he's like well I guess you're just unlucky then and to me like that's like I love stuff like that <laughs> you know what I mean but um yeah I don't know it was cool yeah I mean it's yeah it's it's fun it's fun I it was would... the best out of the three that I watched for Patreon I'll tell you that much <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I don't think it takes much to beat Slaughter Claws though Jesus what a piece <laughs> of trash that is um alright so getting into my final pick here and final Patreon um for the month of December from 1974 directed by Jose Ramon Lares uh released by Mondo Macabro called Symptoms. Uh, this was given to me by, oh, who was it again? I, th- I think it was Mark, Mark Ledham. Yeah, I think that was who gave me this one. Um, yeah, man. So Jose yeah. Ramon Larez, he's 
mostly known for directing vampires the, the film from 1974 also which was released by of course anchor bay and uh blue underground and stuff pretty much his more famous film um he also directed black candles which we, if you've heard of that film you've probably heard of one scene it's very famous for having one completely off the wall fucked up scene in it uh involving a goat um, <laughs> and he also directed a couple low-grade budget slashers in the later 80s under a pseudonym of Joseph Bronstein. He directed Rest in Pieces and Edge of the Axe. You guys probably heard those. Neither of them have like legit DVD releases and stuff. But um, Jose Ramon Lara is, is actually a pretty interesting director. I think he was born in Spain, and he moved to England. So his early films that he put out and directed were actually like English productions. So they were predominantly English cast and stuff, but he was, you know, Spanish himself, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, this film Symptoms actually played at Cannes, I believe, in 1973 or something like that. Uh, you know, he even says in an interview that he was shocked as hell that this movie even got selected to play, you know, at Cannes because these type of movies generally do not make their way there. You know, this type of film, you just mm-hmm. you just wouldn't see this type of film there. So he was very, very shocked. And, um, you know, to no one's surprise, it kind of came and went. You know, it got shown there and it just disappeared and went to into obscurity. And, you know, it never got released until Mondo Macabre released it. Um, I think it was earlier this year or late last. I think it was earlier this year is when the Blu-ray came out. So, which is very cool that they kind of rescued this one from obscurity because given the content of the film... Um, this is, you know, these are the type of films that I, this, these, you know, why I love companies like Mono Macabro because they find shit like this and put it out. I'm, I'm glad that there's still films out there that I haven't seen like this. Uh, so basically, you know, the synopsis of the film is about, um, we follow our main character, Helen. She lives in this, you know, English countryside in this huge motherfucking, uh, mansion, you know, by herself. And, uh, so she invites her friend, Anne to come and stay with her because she's lonely. She's simply lonely and she just wants a companion to be around. Um, besides she's got a caretaker at the house too, but she's got this very strange relationship with the caretaker. Like this dude is an oddball himself. And, you know, we learn that Helen herself is also a little bit of an oddball. She has a history, like a mental history, uh, which we are not fully disclosed in exactly what her problems were from the past, but we do know, up front that you know she might be a little bit disturbed and stuff so Anne comes to stay with her and then things start to happen <laughs> that's a short long of it um my thoughts on this one so we basically what we get here is it you know we follow helen and you know it's like one of those kind of psychological horror films it, it just plunges you know we we dig real deep into her psyche and things like that and it's kind of one of those films where it plays on nightmares and, you know, and reality. It's kind of one of those battles between nightmares and realities. Uh, it's a very, very slow burn film with beautiful imagery. I, I love this movie because the house, you know, the location they shot in is just so damn perfect. I mean, it's even comes equipped with an actual ghost, which is another really cool element to the film. Because at first in this movie, you know, you're you you understand that Helen is a little bit disturbed and she's she's very odd. Like she's kind of one with nature. We learn right away. And she also has, you know, this potential ghost in the house. And you're wondering if, you know, if this person's real and stuff, which we do learn that, you know, the person that's, you know, this ghost was actually somebody from her past, which, which is another mysterious thing to the film. But I love the whole aesthetic of this film. It's fantastic. I mean, 
the outdoor locations is actually like a character in itself, which is pretty interesting, um, which I don't want to get too much into that, but it plays off like it's a total character. Uh, the house is fantastic. It has this very dark, gothic feel to it. Um, which doesn't go completely overboard, but you know, there's not a lot of plot in this film. It's basically following two characters who are, you know, but they're, you know, they're kind of complex characters because we're learning things about Helen, but we're not learning things about Helen. And we're also learning things about Anne, which we're also not learning things about Anne, if that makes any sense. There's like some lesbian undertones to the film. And there's some other like really interesting contrast in the film too, between Helen and the caretaker and also, you know, Anne and her boyfriend and how there's like the lack of male characters in this film. There's a lot of things that are subtly going on in this film in a film that doesn't have, you know, a lot of pushed up, uh, straight up plot in the film. Um, this one runs, I think, something like just over 90 minutes. And, you know, for as slow paced as the film is, it's actually quite well paced, if that makes any sense. Um, I was blown away by this one. I was intrigued the whole time. I'm kind of going, is this one going to play itself out the way you think it's going to? Uh, because we're not given the information to Helen if she's, you know, if she's actually crazy or if she's not and stuff. Uh, something happens about close to the hour mark in this film. And I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting. This is a really awesome psychological horror film. I think it's fucking awesome. I don't want to, you know, you know, relate it to any, any other films to kind of give away things and stuff. But I think this one was played out very, very well. It's got some interesting foreshadowing in the film, which is almost like trickery the way they did it. I think it's fantastic. Actually, the way they did it, you catch on to it towards the end of the film. Um, yeah, it's a very dark psychological film with great performances, great locations, great music. And that's another thing that's really awesome about this film is the soundtrack plays off on Helen's psyche, you know, um, as her character kind of progresses in the film, the soundtrack or the score actually progresses along with her condition, um, which I absolutely love that about the film. It's just, it's very, very well compiled and put together, um, I highly recommend Symptoms. If you have not seen this movie, you have to check it out. I'm glad that there's still films out there. Yeah, that it's I've great. Never, I, I, I'm very happy that there's still films out there that I haven't seen that are this fucking good. Yeah, it's good. And nine and a half out of ten. It's a fantastically executed film. I really, really loved it. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you like this one, Jeremy, because it's just it's an intriguing film, isn't it? It's very yeah. intriguing. I think there's a lot of subtleties in this film, and there's you could dissect this one to shit. I mean, I think we could. It would be a good one to actually do like a full review on, you know, between three people, get interesting point of views and stuff. But I haven't seen it since I got the review copy, but I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's just uh, it kind of floored me, man. It kind of floored me. I was like, wow, that's really fucking good. So good pick, good pick. So symptoms from 1974. A devil, a devil, a poltergeist. Call it what you will, what you will. It lives, it lives, it breathes, breathes. You'll be paralyzed with fears, with fears. It kills, it kills, mutilates, mutilates. Anyone in its power, tormented by a psychic power. Bloodbeat, bloodbeat, a horrifying, horrifying, inexplicable, inexplicable events, an evil presence seeking revenge, spilling blood, spilling blood, spreading terror, terror.
Blood, Blood Beats, a video from Thorny MI. Oh yeah, getting into the featured reviews here on episode 126, Viewer's Choice Volume 6, Christmas Show, and 5th Annual Christmas Show, actually, um, 2017 edition. Probably fucked that up big time, but you guys get the gist of it. Mm. Uh, you guys picked these three films. Sam actually picked one himself because he's a badass. Sam is a badass. He's definitely a badass. Sam the Edwards. He's not a badass because the movie kind of sucks, but. (laughs) So I was, you know, I was a little bit disappointed again. It seems to be a recurring theme with these viewers' choice shows. Um, But I guess that's what happens when we let the audience pick our shows. Not going to be 100% impressed, but I really wanted to do. Uh, don't open till Christmas. And I, I was actually it- very happy with uh, this year's choices. Like the only reason that Better Watch Out was a little disappointing is because we just watched it and we have both done reviews on it. But had we not, it would have been a great pick. So like I was actually and I and I've never seen Bloodbeat or Rare Exports. So to mm-hmm. me, I, I was actually happy with it. Much more happy than I was with the Halloween choices. Yeah, I just it just came at odd time for me because I had just reviewed Bloodbeat during the Thirty One Days of Horror. And I also reviewed Better Watch Out. Also, so I was like, you know, <laughs> I wanted to kind of dig into some older ones, but whatever. Rare Exports is another film I reviewed, I think, a couple times, man. couple times. So, but all in all, let's get into this first film from 1983. Recently uh, released by our good friends over at Vinegar Syndrome, who do just fantastic work. <laughs> And, you know, putting out these real crappy, obscure films from every decade, basically. Uh, I, I love Vinegar Syndrome, though, because, yeah, they do put out some crap. But every once in a while, you get a gem that they put out, and it makes the crap worthwhile. You know what? But, you know, even with all the crap, though, I mean, they do such a damn good job with the releases. But yeah. the cool thing is, is that they the crappy films that they do release, for the most part, are films that just haven't had any love. So that's cool. You know, they're not just re-releasing a bunch of shit and stuff, but... And this is a great example of one film from 1983 called Bloodbeat. I don't think this movie actually came out in 1983. I think it was done in 1983, and it got its first home video release in 1988. So, people knew this one. God damn. 87 or 88, I think, is when it made its way to home video or something like that. So, it appeared to be like a later 80s film, but it actually was from the early 80s. Um, Quick little synopsis on this one. A woman who lives... In deer hunting country in rural Wisconsin is possessed by the spirit of a Japanese samurai warrior. <laughs> I feel like only people know that because the director has like said it a few times or something. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because this is a great, this is a perfect example of a film that it really doesn't give you much information about what you're seeing on screen. You know, it's just it seems like there's so much randomness to this film. So basically so basically what we get in this movie is um we're introduced to the mother who has a boyfriend um who wants to marry her kind of thing and her kids the only good character. Yeah, so her or so her kids have come for the holidays. It's Christmas time, of course, and her son has brought his girlfriend along you know for the holidays and as soon as the girlfriend meets the mom they have like this really strange uh kind of telepathic bond you know they can almost you know 
communicate through ESP in a sense, but we're never given any information to why this is no. happening. I so, had no idea that was actually what was happening. Yeah, I, you know what? Like I watched your review on YouTube that you had done on this film. Yeah. And I was like, where the fuck did you pick that up at? That they even had a psychic connection. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just, but anyways, they have like this really strange thing and, and it's not even explained at all to why this is happening and shit. Um, and we're not actually given any information to the samurai warrior thing either. So, so basically, these kids have shown up, and I don't know how this Japanese warrior is conjured up, but it has mm-hmm. come alive somehow. Anyways, they're out in hunting. Wisconsin. Yeah, in Wisconsin. But anyways, you know, he ends up killing this hunter, and then eventually, you know, does some more killings throughout the film for random reasons. This is a very, very odd obscure strange slasher film yeah. uh directed by fabrice a zepri hitos uh, he's french he was a french director who was directing an american slasher film and i don't know if if like you could his, even call it a slasher film. i know I, i'm not sure if like his script got lost in translation or something because there's so many plot holes in this movie it's actually laughable it, this is one film that I could not stop fucking laughing the first time I watched it because it's so weird. It is such yeah. a strange film. Okay. It's an avant-garde like weird shit goes on in the middle of the well towards the end of the second act when the samurai comes to the house. It's like, what the fuck am I watching? Well, I think the strangest thing to this film is, you know, we're following these characters and you know they're semi-normal type characters and stuff. And the girlfriend's having a rough time. You know, she's not feeling good, so she's up in a room. But even though she's not really doing that well, she still has time to to flick her bean, to masturbate. Yeah, to play with a cooter. And every time she masturbates... See, even that, I didn't even know was happening until I rewatched until I watched your video and you said that's what she was doing. I thought she was being possessed or something like Reagan. Yeah. She's just... I didn't know that's what she was doing. So, she was playing with her cooter. It doesn't make any sense, though. So she starts, like, flicking her bean... And every time, every time she does this, like the samurai like appears and ends up killing somebody. It's so these killings are kind of linked to her orgasming in a sense. It's so fucking obscurely odd why you would even write this into a script. It makes no sense whatsoever. And I don't know, man, this is such a fucking weird film, man. I I just, I I don't know, man. I can't stop laughing about this. Dude. like some of the problem, like okay, this movie is atrociously directed. It is. Man, you it have is. such like an awkward scene to scene bait. Like it is an awkward movie. Like characters are pushed into the scenes, into the frames, without any explanation of who they are. People are all over the place. You're you're here. You're there. You're like introduced to people who you they, like. I I don't know who anybody is. Like okay, it's a family. I didn't know who they like. But, the the, the the dude with the dog and the wife who the fuck was that well they're they're actually not really explained they're just victims that the director obviously threw into the film yeah but and that's why were why do they have like 10 minutes of fucking airtime i don't know it, 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 it's like i love the I, the dude makes me laugh though he's like he basically says hey bitch can you get me my tea and then she comes back with his tea and he's like hey where's my orange juice but he never even asked for any orange juice <laughs> He's like, woman, where's my orange <laughs> shit juice? made me laugh so hard, man. It's fucking stupid. It's not even orange juice. It's fucking powder. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. So, I mean. Fucking tang. There's not really a whole lot of things that are happening in this film until about the third act when certain characters all of a sudden have these abilities to to do things. I don't even know how to 
to explain and, what and they're the doing. the glowing shit around them at yeah. the end of the movie, like, is shitty. They have it's some sword. It's stuff. a sword. Like, but their the hands are glowing, like too. Yeah, like, the effects but are so it's, like, not centered, so it's, like, <laughs> yeah, just kind of, like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know the neon, the neon coloring that they used to, you know... <laughs> totally isn't man like there's a scene where the sword is like above it and it's totally yeah. out of place yeah. and it's out of sync with the with the effects and shit it's so bad but that's another unexplained thing all of a sudden the kids have this ability to to use these Only special at the powers end. at the end and like and it, it's like such an oddball scene too because the brother's kind of like holding his sister's hand and then he's kind of looking at her and all of a sudden they're able to do this shit and i'm like they're fighting the samurai with these powers that we don't even know they have they didn't even know they have them. Like, what the fuck is going on? It's just, this movie is yeah. such a mess. The script right from the start is just so incoherent. That's why I'm thinking, like, you know, he wrote this in French and everything got lost in translation when they translated to English. And they're like, oh, this is what you want? You want a samurai warrior in the middle of rural Wisconsin? And that's the you other fucked up thing about this movie that really kind of got me, too, is it's set in Wisconsin at Christmas time. Where yeah, the no f- snow. fuck is the snow, man? There's got to be snow on the ground. I mean, there's a little bit, but it it has a spring feel. There's a scene where, like, you can see everything's kind of melting and shit. It has that spring feel, not Christmas feel. Yeah, the, it was funny because I was watching this and I was like, where the fuck is the Christmas setting at? And then all of a sudden there's a tree in the background. And I was like, oh, okay, there it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, man, dude, this, this movie is maddening. Like, I'm sitting there trying to pay attention to it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Watching, try watching it on a I, I, and then I'm like, okay, I need to rewind because I don't know what's going on anymore. Okay, okay, what? But, there's nothing like, to get. <laughs> there's just nothing Jesus to get. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen too with you guys. You guys would be like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, but it's so incoherent. There's really no the best scene structured is the kitchen narrative. Earthquake. The kitchen <laughs> earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, dude, I just, I, I can't stand the the son's girlfriend in this film she's such a fucking annoying little cunt like when they're out hunting and the dude's ready to shoot that deer and then she like freaks <laughs> out and she's like no no i'm just like fuck off get the fuck out of here kind of shit man but dude that's that brings me to the acting in this movie holy flying fuck dude the scene in the end where they are using their powers and shit and actually the scene with the mom too holy lord is that some of the worst acting that you guys have ever seen in a film? Like the way she's saying, she's like, no, go away. <laughs> like, that's her emotion. Uh, like, no, don't do this. Th- no. And I'm like, what no. the fuck is that? Does, like, does this this feel a- like a movie that there was no script for and they were just like making it up as they went. I think so. I think so. they improvised like, the whole let's film. Make, let's make this toothpaste bottle float in the air now. Same with dialogue too, right? It's like, no don't it's like oh my god okay ex- explain this to me i understand this was like the early 80s and you know aerobics and stuff were super hugely popular about this time in the 80s and shit but what's with the daughter's outfit she's wearing a long ass shirt right and then she's wearing these leggings and that's it i'm just so surprised that you know that there's daughters and mothers and 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 fathers and you know how these people are related to each other because i don't remember anything about anybody <laughs> Dude, I've watched this movie twice in like the last two months. And the first time I watched, I was so engulfed in it. I was like, this is the worst, best movie I think I've ever seen. It's so Uh, fucking bad. I was laughing through the whole thing. I'm like, I just couldn't get over how stupid and shitty this movie was. I was memorized by when the crazy shit was happening. I know. What the fuck's going on? Like, memorized or mesmerized? You have to, you have to, you have to, you have to admit, though, that this is kind of an 
it's such an oddity that even though things are completely not making sense and shit, like it was kind of entertaining. Were you guys not entertained by this though? I have done a review for this movie. It hasn't come out yet though. And I did the, the word oddity that you just used. I used that in the review and I do agree. It is an oddity. I wasn't overly entertained in it. Honestly, I oh. thought that I I'm happy to have it because it is just, just such a weird thing that yeah. it even exists. Like I couldn't even imagine how this thing came about. So I actually hopped. I was like, the first thing I did after it was over is like, okay, I need some more explanation on what the fuck I just watched. So I went to the special features and there was an interview with the director that ran like 15 minutes or something like that. And I was like, okay, like this is going to clear some things up. And I start watching it and I'm like, what the, he's not even talking about anything. He's talking about how he likes comic books and stuff. And then his dad was apparently a director. And then I'm watching it and I'm like, what? And all the only thing I got from the comment, the, the interview was that he made the movie. It has problems. He showed it at festivals and and different, um, you know, fucking award things. Sometimes he won awards. Sometimes he didn't. What the sometimes hell did he win awards it. for? Sometimes people didn't. Oh, I don't fucking know. I'd like to see one of them. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> you know, the weirdest fucking movie ever and, made. And this yeah, guy man. doesn't speak English, so it's like I feel like he directed this movie in his language. <laughs> whatever yeah. he speaks i don't even know and french yeah and he's like he doesn't tell he doesn't talk about anything about what the hell i was in the movie i was going to watch this movie again with the commentary and i just completely forgot until i was like halfway through and i'm like fuck fuck i totally should have watched it with the commentary just to get a little bit more insight into this yeah he odd- talks about like the the um, different screenings that and like di- for like distributor distributors and and things like that when yeah. when it came out and like I can't believe he's like sometimes the audience loved it and I'm like what sometimes Which audience loved this because now after you know 20 years you can look back or 30 years and you can look back and be like oh this was so bad it's good but if this was a brand new movie that came out and you saw it at a festival there's no way in hell you would love this (laughs) just like where do you come up with the idea of setting the movie in rural wisconsin and putting a japanese japanese samurai warrior you know what like who is this i did like the setting like i i actually and the house like i thought okay this is a cool place for a horror movie feels like do it yourself like a shot on video style yeah i did feel. and i was like this 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 could have been cool but the problem like the editing is just so messy in this movie and the like pacing and like the basic things that you need to make a cohesive film are just absolutely nowhere near this picture it's completely done awfully by in terms of like the basic fundamentals that you need to make a movie are non-existent in this movie see they totally they 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 missed the boat on it too like they should have had you know, maybe the kids die in this one, and and you know the the stepdad. I guess I'll call him that, even though he's not technically married. Um, but uh, live the fuck does that guy die in the film, man? He was like the only likable character in the movie. Like totally missed the fucking ball on that one. That was bullshit. <laughs> I actually felt bad for him when he fucking died. Spoiler alert. Whatever. I don't care. Did you see that there was a cut of Bloodbeat on here? That is twenty eight minutes long. Yeah, and it has like French or has some kind of music. Yeah, it's like no dialogue. It's it's like it's um, a silent silent version. 
I know. I was what gonna, the hell is that? If I had more time this week, I would have gotten to those no, features. No, don't shit. do that to yourself. It's it. That one's not good either. I don't know. I'm just saying, <laughs> don't try it. Man, you really hate this movie, JP. At least it, it has some awful. entertaining it value. Awful. This is an awful movie. Dude, it is, but I, it has some entertaining value. I completely value. admit this movie is atrocious on all levels of you know filmmaking specs. But yeah. man, I don't know what it is. Even watching it the second time, it still it was making me laugh. I'm like, I was just so dumbfounded by, by how this movie was constructed. Like the flicking the bean thing still is killing me, man. It's one yeah, thing you'll never even tell that that's what she was doing without somebody <laughs> telling you. I knew that's what she I was knew. Doing. It was just playing with the I, I literally we were watching it and I was like, is she masturbating? I can't tell. But you do it every <laughs> night, so how do you not know? Yeah, dude. What masturbate? No, flick your bean. To me? Flicker yeah. bean. I don't have a bean. Yeah, you to do. flick. <laughs> yeah, you do. That was awesome. Um I don't know, man. I just this one is You know your clit. You know you have I, I even said in my review, I said, man, this is a bad movie, but I recommend it that you check it out if you're into these type of films, because you have to see this at least once, because it's so different yeah. than anything I mean, really ever. I've never seen another you know, slasher quote unquote film like this before. It's just so strange. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I saw it though. I'm glad that <laughs> vinegar me, syndrome did it, did its justice and shit. So let's get into ratings. I'll go first. So <laughs> I, I watched this movie. I, I even po- popped it in a second time because I felt like, okay, maybe I just wasn't paying attention or something. No, that is hundred percent. Not true. It is just a awful, badly made movie. Uh, I did say, and, and in this review that posts, it's a video on YouTube or whatever. You guys could check it out. It'll actually probably come out before this podcast, unfortunately, just due to timing. But I literally said, I'm happy I own this. I'm glad I have it. I love Vinegar Syndrome for putting it out. I think that that is super cool. I think that it has funny moments, and it is a perfect movie to show a few people, like, for, like, you know, a par- it's like one of those party-type movies, you know, a bad movie or whatever. Um Critically, it is a terrible movie. It's so bad. And I'm coming in at a 1.5 out of 10. It's awful. Damn. I had a, I had a three. <laughs> I gave it a three. Well, I'm gonna, I'll just stick with my video rating. I remember it. I gave it three and a half. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, man. So, what does that make pain? Six and a, yeah, it does. That's six and a half, seven, eight. Eight total. All right, so it makes it by a point and a half. Blood beat. We needed a new Hall of Painter. I'm glad you can join the other atrocities in the Hall of Pain. Such with as Dream the one and only Bruce Payne. Oh, boy, man. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had one, but. I honestly Dream wish there would have been. I don't even know how you're going to watch it. I, I was curious about the commentary because the guy doesn't speak English, or at least that interview wasn't. So. Um, I don't know. Is the commentary in French? I don't know. I like, I, cause I wanted to check it out too, but I, unfortunately I had no time. Like I was crunching time to yeah. even get everything I was, watched. I was actually curious about that too. I wasn't sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I guess I'll throw it on just, you know, maybe not listen to the whole thing, but find out the, this release could have benefited from some a goddamn explanation from Mr. Zephyritos. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because like jesus man what did you make i want to know what like i want to know like i would truly do want to know like what you were thinking like what this means like like you have to look at this and be like 
like I think it's a lost like, in translation. In my head. I think it's just one of those lost in tra- lost in translation things. You know, he's a French director. He had a visual for it, and it just. How I think, did he get this movie made? I think his I think his idea VHS. just didn't translate. Yeah. It just didn't translate into into English very well, and it came out. Like I this. just want to know, like, where he got, like, was there funding? Like, how much was the budget? Like, flicking beans cast? and like, samurai I want to know warriors. all these things. <laughs> Damn it! Flick your beans. Flicking beans and samurai story. That's probably how he sold it to the. <laughs> so I got this chick who flicks her bean, and then you know, a warrior goes and kills people. Ah, fuck! You can't. Oh my god, that's just you can't duplicate that shit, man. You can't duplicate that. If I would have <laughs> came in a, above a three. This shit wouldn't even have made the Hall of Pain, and that would have been atrocious. A travesty. I keep saying atrocious. Atrocious is on my mind tonight. <clears throat> I, I knew so. that I knew that shit was gonna make the Hall of Pain. <laughs> we finally found something else than just playing rocks and dirt. This mountain is like a giant icebox. A storing what? We are standing on the biggest burial mound in the world. All right, moving along here into the glorious year of 2010 with a film from Finland titled Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. Uh, this movie was actually based the on... The most Christmas movie out of the three. Yeah, man. This movie right here was actually based what? on a short... It that, is. The most Christmas movie? christmas theme movie out of the three. It has the most Christmas feel out of the three. Yeah, this one's not yeah. just set on Christmas. I mean, it's actually, like, about Christmas, so... Anyways, yeah, this movie right here is actually based on a short. Do you, either of you guys have the DVD or Blu-ray of this movie? No, I watched I this on Amazon. I have the DVD, Prime. but I wanted to watch it in HD, so I watched it on Prime. Okay, <laughs> so did you have you checked out the shorts that this movie is based on? Yeah, okay, I've yeah. seen them. Okay, before, so and yeah, I've it, seen them before this movie came out. I think. Okay, so yeah, in two thousand three, they did a short for you know rare exports and it basically just kind of shows it's like a prequel uh it shows the hunters and you know how they they capture these things and then you know eventually kind of sell them off and stuff so that that short actually became like super popular back in 2003 and then they followed it up in 2005 with another short that ran about 10 minutes the first one was about seven minutes and this one was like an instructional video for your uh your your well your little santa clauses and it's so entertaining. It used to be on YouTube. Last time I checked, they weren't on there anymore. I actually, I actually checked today, and I don't think they're there. So, yeah. But that's unfortunate, because these are pretty cool. And the, yeah, this one is... It's a, it's a cool little follow-up, because it's like an instruction video on how to you know, train these things, and what to do, and what not to do, and things like that. And it's very, very well done, and very cool. And the cool thing about these shorts is that they actually have the same cast, like, like Petrie. Uh, he's actually not in the first one, but he's in the second one, and he's obviously way younger. And it's pretty cool to see because he's probably like four, maybe four years old in that one. <laughs> and, you know, of course, this movie came out five, six years later or five years later. And now he's, you know, the 10, 11 year old boy that he's in yeah. the rare exports, which is kind of cool to see. I like how it's actually the same cast and shit. So uh, but getting into a quick little synopsis of rare exports in the depths of the Kavortuturi Mountains, <laughs> fuck, 486 meters deep lies the closest ever guarded secret of Christmas. The time has come to dig it up. This Christmas, everyone will believe in Santa Claus. So, essentially what we get in the beginning of this film, we get two little boys that are 
kind of spying on this excavation. This company is excavating something. Oh, this dude. Yeah, this, this dude's running this company or whatever, and they're they're digging something yeah. up, and and essentially they kind of release something also, um, and uh, so they live in like very very rural Finland, and their main food source is you know the reindeer that's going to be coming you know <laughs> during figure. this time, right? And so they're they're preparing to to you know to get their meat. And I didn't uh, get that. Okay, so they're building a fence. Mm-hmm. Like this is the way you hunt reindeers; they just run into your fence. I guess so. I, I I've never hunted reindeer <laughs> like, before. Electrocutes them. Like, I was like, wait, they're not hunting them. No, I think what they do is like they, they they get them trapped in the fence. Yeah, but how do they know? How do they lead? Like how? Because from my assumption is this giant pack of reindeers was just walk into this fence. Yes, yeah, and I'm like reindeer pack together. Do I, they like? Are yeah. they because like if they're similar to regular deer, they don't pack that much. No, they're not. They they run in herds. They run in herds. They they're not. Do like they run? Right. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's essentially what they're doing. They're waiting for their their animals to come up and so they can trap them and then, you know, but they don't show up. So they it's go over this. Two. They go over this hill and they've been like completely slaughtered, like completely slaughtered. <laughs> so now they're so now they're like holy fuck! Like what the hell happened? They kind of learn that something was excavate excavated and something maybe responsible for all this and then it's kind of your film right there um so what's your guys thoughts on this one uh i love like the atmosphere they set up i love that i love the concept the concept of it yeah like, not enough santa. um what not enough santa not enough anything it's my biggest problem no uh, I, there's I... there's not enough to this film uh it was good as a short and it has potential to be extended out into a feature film unfortunately there's not enough in this film there really really isn't they barely scratched the surface of this concept like how so mm-hmm. I, th- I think they did a well, actually because cool- because all that happens is these things show up and then they have one captured there's no threat really and then they well, try to give it to somebody else. It's not about it though, because ends. so basically what happens is, you know, you know, their ideas, you know, to fill mm-hmm. their freezers and, mm-hmm. and, you know, self the hides and shit like that. So, you know, this yeah. time of year is their big money time of the year and stuff. So now they feel like they've been cheated out of, you know, whatever th- the $85,000 that they're owed. So they come up with this plan that they, well, they think that they've captured Santa Claus, but it's actually like one of the elves. So they yeah, get that's the twist in the movie. Yeah, so so they so they basically so they basically get this idea that you know they're going to sell them back to this corporation that you know kind of did this wrong mm-hmm. to them. Um, I like I like that concept though. I mean, but there's no there's nothing to it though. It just happens so fast. You know what I mean? There's no that like that's it's like that would be okay if that was the plot, and then there's like some some uh problems with what happens but that's li- quite literally what happens you know what i mean it's like i just feel like this movie doesn't have much to it like it has cool th- ideas but there's no that like even the idea of these fierce things that can kill you you know these like these these elves or the santa claus or whatever it's not expanded upon i want to capture like how- one very easily they hold it in a cage. It looks so creepy and scary. Mm-hmm. That should be half of your movie right there. Is those is fighting those things? But they do fight them though. When? But they're not two li- minutes at the end. But they, they but they don't want to be fighting those things anyways. I mean, 
I mean, I understand where you're coming from. You you want a main conflict between those elves and uh, you know the actual people. That makes uh-huh. complete sense to have that type of vibe or that type of thing going on. But it's not what they are about. I mean, they they took a totally different approach to this, you know, and they wanted to use these things to get, you know. But why to get can't mo- you use? I like them, that angle. Why can't you use them? But them also be a threat to your life. I mean, you again, you ever feel like, like, like the just like look at Tremors, right? Do you ever look feel like Tremors, the Alps right? were they want to them, capture them so they can sell them too? But they're also yeah. trying to kill them. You yeah, know what I mean? I, I know, but the thing is, me, the elves, like, but the elves are never a threat unless they were kids. I mean, it's said in the folklore, but that they don't even expand on that that much. Like, okay, why do we not see them capture any of the kids? That could have been some cool, creepy scenes right there, sneaking up to the window or well, something to, like that. To be, it's just like all of a sudden they're all in the bags. Like, it's like there's so much missing out of this movie that it was a frustrating watch a little bit. Like, because I love, 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 love the mm-hmm. concept that Santa Claus when he's dressed up, the elf when he's dressed up as the Santa Claus fucking scary as f dude. that's that's you know actually I mean? one of the, the one of the problems i've always had with this film too is the fact that they do not show them actually you know abducting the kids yeah that was one what thing that turn I, them I, into? I, I thought that was a little bit of a kind of kind of a miss but i i, they I turn into fucking scarecrows or what the what the kids what the fuck are they is that just supposed to be like their skeletons when they open up the bed ba- oh never mind i'm stupid <laughs> like what the fuck? But I it's actually, just a dummy. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually like the approach that they took to this man. I mean, it, it's definitely not perfect, but you know, kind of what it turns into no, and dude, what rare exports thing, is. And it's not that I don't like the approach of the concept of the movie. Yeah, where you have you know these things that like the true Santa Claus. You know these these mystical creatures that they buried away a long time ago that get released. It's just there's no threat in the movie. There's it's just like so basic they capture one and they try to sell it to this guy and then it's like kind of over and it's it's like there was so much more to do with the mythology of these things Mm -hmm. and tell me that it's not a cop-out that we never see the santa you know what i mean i mean that 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 should i think in my opinion and i think i've said this before that the conflict should have been between you know krampus and you know them that would have made a little bit more sense because well, having the elves with the main conflict doesn't really make a whole lot of sense with well, the it, adults it would if <clears throat> if it's like okay these elves are the the biggest problem like we're we're, we're outnumbered there's uh we're you know our children are being taken like fight for the ch- it should have been the parents trying to save the children and the kids being the heroes because like like a goonies type situation yeah, right well it makes sense they kind of set kids, it yeah. up like that a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. where where it's the story of the kids and it's this adventure type well essentially petrie is is essentially the hero yeah exactly I mean, so comes- so you have these elves right these these things these these are the the main problem right mm-hmm. and then the twist at the end is oh you think you had it hard with those things well check out this motherfucking thing and then that be the the, the grand final you know what i mean mm-hmm. it just it was like like and then even like okay so like what happens right what happens in this movie well like what, descri- what do you describe mean? the movie like okay, okay so there's two kids they on, find out about these island. things they capture one and they try to sell it that is what happens in the movie yeah, what yeah. else is there not re- nothing really i mean it's it, they basically just kind of expand upon my mic know, working? what rare exports actually is and it's these you know these elves that they've turned into to uh 
basically Santa Clauses. You know, they yeah, but they trained- don't even expand on that. It's a quick two minute scene at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like even the company. I mean, I get that. Like the biggest problem that I had with it, like, it was just like they can't. Like, how do they? Why do the elves trust them now? All of a sudden, that Santa Claus is not there anymore. It's fucking stupid. Well, it's because they're kind of controlled by well, Krampus, you, right? You get an idea that they tamed them. That's how? the idea. Like, well, yeah. how do you tame any wild animal? Well, that's essentially it's what even it is, shown right? in the sh- it's, wild animals. I didn't they tame them before when they well, were fucking going crazy. See, this this is where like watching the shorts would have been handy because you know yeah. you get you get to see the prequels and actually how they they train these things and stuff and what they did. So mm-hmm. if you watch those and you watch the film, uh, some of the things within the film actually make a little bit more sense. Yeah, it, like the whole uh, yeah. like the the it's like this is like a goddamn prequel to the oh, main movie. Oh, actually, here's it's, here's it's one thing. Like. Here's one thing that I just thought of. Uh, the whole gingerbread thing. I don't know if you guys are watch remember this from the film, but when they throw the gingerbread out there, they get kind of preoccupied and they and they eat yeah. the gingerbread. That's actually in yeah. the rules yeah, in one of the, the shorts. Cookies. Yeah, Santa's cookies. It, yeah. It's like it's like a little soft spot for them. So if you yeah, you know, if you give I them like gingerbread, that. I like all that stuff. They it's get, great. They I get wish it, there was more of it. Honestly, there, there's yeah. so much stuff you could have done with this movie. I get it. And I was a huge fan of the shorts. I love, love, mm. love the shorts. They were my favorite, some of my favorite shorts ever. Yeah. And I've really always wanted to see this movie because I was like, if there's, if this is more of that, I'm going to love it. And that's not saying I didn't like this movie. I actually really like this movie, but I just feel like this story has so much more potential for a $2.2 million movie. I feel like they wasted a lot of the time and and effort in this movie with stuff that truly really didn't matter in the end like i i think that set up the characters that they're hungry and and their backs against the wall and they have to go after these things what they capture one with such ease it's literally just there and then next thing you know they have it in a suit well you know what no, I, mean? I mean i mean honestly dude i mean he catches them pretty easy because i mean that was one of those fucking uh what do they call them wolf traps or whatever i mean shit dude i mean you you can't fuck you can't get out of that situation i mean my only i mean but when they have it in the house and stuff or in the yeah in the my only question is my only question is i i guess that that elf or whatever was why he was on the property in the first place was maybe he was coming after the kid yeah, that's what he. That's what they do. They go get the kids, no. all the ones that haven't been washing behind their ears and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I like that. I concept. just want to know how that kid wasn't freezing his balls off when he ran outside in his underwear when it's like fucking probably twenty degrees. <laughs> he, he, he lives in the mountains of Finland. He's probably used to the cold, man. He's yeah. super weathered, I guess. But, um, but I, I mean, man, I was like, I mean, I get your I points. Was, I get your points. I mean, I never really thought of it needing more conflict, but I, I like I always said, it I, just I, needs anything else. There's I, like, I so, always like, thought that fucking happens in this movie, man. It pisses me off. I always thought that it would have been cool, you know, to have a battle with the Krampus because, you know, he's also protecting his elves and vice versa. And especially thing, right? since they show it, the frosting. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, I mean, it so would like, make, it would make more sense. I mean, it, that was the main, you know, the third act conflict with Krampus and you know, obviously our hunters. That would have made a little bit more sense. They kill him like that, and then all of a sudden, you know, the elves the, are under the their under their kind in of this movie is starvation. <clears throat> that is the primary conflict. Yeah, it's not of course. The elves. Uh, they don't even very very much like go well, it's, into it's their the whole life. Their, their, their whole their whole year depends on that on those reindeer. Right, and which it, is a problem if that's the main point of this movie. 
I don't think it's a problem. I mean, that's just that's the location. That's where they live and stuff. That comes with their like literally. Yeah, their territory. that should be a secondary <clears throat> plot device, not the primary story. I don't really have any problem with it. I actually kind of like it, man. I mean, it leads to this really heartfelt scene where Petrie and his dad are, you know, at the table and all all they have to eat is gingerbread. And like his dad's holding back the tears. Yeah, and shit. that's a great scene. But I'm saying like you have the, the 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 movie should be about the thing, the rare exports, the stuff that they find. It shouldn't, it, and this should be a reason why they are going after these things or that they're trying to sell them. And it is, but it's just there's nothing, there's no grand like plot element. There's no grand threat besides the fact that they're just hungry, which is like that is could be a different movie that could be a survival movie or whatever it should be secondary in a movie like this because you have this mythical fucking creature that the movie is supposed to be centered around and i think that there was some cool stuff i like that they were stealing all like the heating things and, and things like that yeah the blow dryers are expensive <laughs> <laughs> but um you know i i, I the the location is beautiful, you know, the mountains, stuff like that. Um, how did they know that one of these elf things were worth eighty five thousand dollars or whatever? No, like, they, I don't they, think he no, he just needed the money to no. recoup from the reindeer that were slaughtered. That's, so yeah. that's, why that's literally that's why he's I thought he asked what is it worth to the guy and the guy <clears> said no, no, he's, he's like, like, oh, how much should we? How much should we ask him for? He's oh, like, okay. how much are the reindeers? Yeah, he was like, man, we just lost eighty five thousand. He's like, well, let's get eighty five thousand for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you know, it's actually kind of interesting. The uh, the main the guy that owns the company that's doing the excavation, um, that guy is totally a Scrooge character. He's like one hundred. He even looks like Scrooge. He's got those same fucking glasses and everything. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, and like clearly, this guy knows the mythology of these exactly, creatures exactly, and he doesn't give a shit, man. Right? He's you which know, he is says, cool. Yeah, but. I just, I don't know, man. It just, it was missing too much for me. I was really <clears throat> disappointed with it. I think the shorts are more interesting huh. than the movie. Yeah, I've never really, I, I just, I never thought of it. I guess if you were expecting something else from it and you didn't get it, of course, you're going to be a little bit more disappointed. I was expecting but something from it is see, the problem. I didn't get anything from it. I watched no, this I movie. I like the movie. I'm just saying that its biggest fatal flaw is that it doesn't, it doesn't have enough in it. It just, it, it could have been a short. It could have been a 30 minute short. It a hundred percent could have. There's no reason that it needed to be this long. It, it, it they I don't, don't go I did, into I anything else. I they don't go into anything more than they did with the shorts, dude. What did they get? What did they do differently? What did they do more of that makes this different than the shorts? Not really a whole lot. It's like an extension of it, but I think it, I think it plays out quite well. I mean, I understand. I wish there was a little bit of conflict with the Krampus, um, character that would have been what it would actually made sense you know that's your third act finale you know you have this battle with him you kill him you take his elves and then you sell him off but there's not even conflict with the elves either but there's not even conflict with the businessmen the people like the conflict is the conflict and resolution is that they lost their food and then they get it back in the end, and this and the elf things are just secondary. I mean, that thing is kind of set up like that from the short, from the original short. I mean, they show them hunting, they show them capturing these things, and then they show them selling off. I mean, it's yeah, essentially which what they we don't get in- do in this movie. No. They don't even off. No, they don't even hunt it. it you see him putting them in crates. Well, I mean, they off. showed it differently in this. I mean, essentially, they didn't know what they were going to capture, but they ended up capturing one by accident, kind of thing. So yeah, which is cool. But then the others should have came and 
and it been more of like a, a a damn story man i don't know dude i like this was incredibly disappointing i still think it's a good movie don't get me wrong yeah. you'll probably be surprised at my rating because because i do think that it's a good movie i, I but think it is one of the biggest missed opportunities i've seen in recent I, I, I mean i respect that i mean if you're looking for something else you didn't get it. i mean it makes sense i mean i watched this movie before i seen the shorts right so I'd never seen the shorts before I got this. I bought this movie when it first came out in 2010 and, and, you know, I watched the movie and then watched the shorts after. So, I mean, I wasn't expecting anything. So what I, what I watched and, and what I got was kind of this, you know, this, uh, just this kind of basic, basic ass movie. Well, it was, it was definitely not what I was. I, I mean, I wasn't really expecting much. I was expecting it to be a little bit different, but I still really enjoyed it though. I mean, I do agree. It's missing a little bit of conflict with the Krampus character. I think that's where it should have came from, but that's, I mean, that's definitely a missed opportunity. Probably it, budget constraints. It's missing conflict with anybody, though, right? It doesn't have conflict. I mean, it theoretically does on yeah, the inside. Yeah, the kid has conflict against trying to prove to his dad that Santa exists. That's I, the conflict. But, but, but the conflict is telling, right? The con- like, there needs to be a conflict, like a main point to the movie, a main problem that characters must overcome well i think the conflict it is between the, the, conflict the hunters that these elves have invaded their their place no it's about the hunters this, this campus it's just that they that just so happened this company accidentally wiped out their food source and that's now that's hungry, the conflict they it's don't the even hunters go into versus... it that much either like because that's not even the main point of the movie because you don't see the struggle you see one scene which is a good scene but it, you know, and even then, it's a ba- it's basic. I think it, it's, it's I think it's shown beautifully. Actually, I mean, you don't really need to. I mean, it's so there. It's so upfront that I don't think you need to show more of it because you understand the severity of not having yeah, that and food all that source. Happens in like the first sixteen minutes of the movie. Yeah, but I mean, you you understand what it is. I mean, like I yeah. said, the main conflict in this film is the hunters versus the corporation. That's essentially what it is. I mean, if it's not enough for you, that's it's totally not, fine. Though. It's not because they don't. There's not even a. There's not even a big conflict with them. It's literally a well, two it's second not, scene it's where not they bring shown the thing to him. straight like, up. That's not. That's not Santa. And then they're like, they get a kind of attacked by elves. <laughs> I mean, but the. I mean, if you're looking at these characters too, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're the type of characters that are gonna, you know, go on a fucking war path. Also, I mean, these guys seem pretty pretty chill pretty level-headed i mean they just want what they feel they're owed right yeah so i mean and that approach is very it's very subtle you know it's 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 very kind of soft um but i mean i i get where you're coming from i just i don't agree i i actually like the film the way it is jeremy how do you feel about this i mean i i I agree with jp actually there's not that's why i said when i when we were first talking like so they capture the elves and they put them in the crates and then what? And then as JP was like talking like, oh, they don't really explain too much like Santa Claus. Like, what the fuck is Santa Claus? We see him for like two seconds in a block of ice and that's the end of that. Like, I think the more the story is more about the elves than it is fucking Santa Claus. And that's kind of stupid to me in a movie that's called Rare Exports and has fucking Santa Claus on the cover. Well, no, it, the rare exports is what it turns into. It's it's completely about which would that. be nice. Th- which would be nice if the movie actually 
had a little bit more to do with that too like all seeing somebody get an elf and be like oh this is what they're doing it's like oh they just like they train them a little bit you see that for like a minute and they put them in the crate and they send them off it's like oh then then where do they go I the idea is that these are the same they're gonna be sent yeah these are the these are the most yeah these are the, the, yeah, the, these are the santa clauses that we see all over the world they're the rare and they're worth a ton of money and this is the origin this is the origin it's fantasy it's yeah fantasy. this is the origin of where these things come from yeah. So it's mm-hmm. telling like this origin story. I don't know. Maybe this the narrative needs to be. I, I yeah. I don't. It, it needs to be fleshed out more. The the the. I you have a great I don't think so. I love it. Mythology. You have fantastic foundation for this film with the mythology that you create, but you don't do much with it. You all you do is show the elves. You show an ice block of the the Krampus or the the Santa, the the big the real one. Which, by the way, doesn't make much sense if that's Santa, then why are these rare exports becoming Santas? You know what I mean? Because they don't look anything like that. You get what I'm saying? What? They don't look like the Krampus? Yeah, because he's saying that is Santa, but it's like, okay, so the elves that you're stealing... And, and, well, you know, I think I think to the rest of the world, I think the average Santa Claus looks like what they were distributing was yeah. you know these old you know kind of hairy guys and shit like that i mean when you when you ask an average kid what santa claus like they don't think of krampus dude it would have been so creepy like th- those things are creepy man like if you made this if you made this a little more of a horror film and these things were actually what what are like a couple scenes of them like outside of windows and and snatching these kids up and and eating them or whatever the hell they're gonna do with them you know what i mean oh, and, like I, the whole concept i of agree that the, these things are going after bad kids finding out what the kids did what's bad what stops them the milk the chimneys all this stuff like there's there's so much that you could have done with this film but they didn't and this is what we have and it's not, it is unfortunate, but I, I, I'm I've said my piece on it. I think it's a good movie, um, but a huge missed opportunity. Um, you guys want to get into ratings? I don't know. You got more to say? No, I don't got anything else to say. Jeremy, seven point five. Moods. Uh, eight and a half. Uh, I'm coming in. Funny enough, I, and I told you guys, I like this movie. I it's it's a well-made movie aesthetically. It's very pleasing to the eye. The locations are beautiful. The Santa Claus or the elves are absolutely creepy. The acting is great. You have uh, a great relationship between this father and son. You have like this almost coming of age narrative at, at a point. Uh, I just feel like that the the meat of this movie was just was just ignored, which which hurts it, but it doesn't kill it. And I'm coming in at a 7.5 out of 10, same as Jeremy. All right. Sounds good. Want to put her in the mood? Watch a horror movie. Dude, she's like twice our age. I really don't think it's going to happen. She's here. You are breathtaking. (laughs) Thank you. Now, don't stay up and watch scary movies, okay? It'll give you nightmares again. So what do you want to do? Santa is coming. Ricky, why can't you just leave me alone? He's such a jerk. Don't hang up on me. What was that? Oh my god. Get away from the window. There's someone there. Moving along into the year 2016. Oh, spoiler. 
view. Yes, this is going to be a spoiler, not free. Um, yeah, we're going to be spoiling this one because we've talked about this one uncut. And uh, yeah, there's just no point in doing that again. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen this one, shut the fucking cast off now. It's available on Shutter. Check yeah, it out. Yeah. 2016, released 2017. Better watch out. So, directed by Chris Peckover. <laughs> yeah, this it. is uh, this is yet another WellGo USA. Is is it me or is WellGo USA actually becoming like a, a they're kind of a, a sleeper legit company. company for top ten films of the year? Yeah, like um, they put out Train to Busan, which was your number one of last year. Well, uh, um, The Wailing, which was my number ten or my number nine. Like they 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 do a good job with the films they pick up. I agree. I agree. Actually, they're coming to their into their own. They they release you know mostly like action stuff and but they release a lot of foreign goodness. Yeah, and a lot of Japanese. Stuff. They've been Japanese. releasing a lot of horror too lately. Though. Yeah, they have been. Actually. Like before, they were primarily action and yeah. and j- like Japan and and South Korean different stuff like that. But this year. They've released a lot more of uh, the horror and, and stuff like that titles in the last two years. All right. Better watch out. On a quiet suburban street, a babysitter must defend a 12-year-old boy from intruders, only discover it's far from a normal home invasion. I only have one problem with this movie. Only one. Mm-hmm. The fucking ending. I said that. It, I said that before too. <laughs> I I know, but I'm giving my opinion on it now. Why couldn't they come up with a better fucking ending? For love's sake, I was grinning throughout this entire fucking movie. It's having such a fun time, and then that fucking ending. Come on, give so me what exactly a break. Do you not like about it? How predictable can it fucking be? Of course, she isn't dead. Of course, she's still gonna be alive. It's just so goddamn. I don't know, man, because I was thinking about it too. Bullshit. I was well, thinking about it too, and I was like, okay, well, everybody is going to expect that, you know, she's going to be alive, or everybody's going to expect that she's going to be dead. No, I never and I was like, that for one second. No. But, but a lot of people would, though, because they would think that the predictable ending would be for her to be alive, so they're going to yeah, do what's unpredictable. the predictable but the, but do you not think like that sometimes? It's like, no. well, the predictable ending is going to be for her to be alive, so they're going to do, they're going to try to go like unpredictable, so unpredictable, which then becomes predictable. Like, the film's so uh, like unpredictable and refreshing and then it's like they just have to fucking ruin it with a shitty fucking ending they do a good job in this film of like it's not a shitty ending dude it, predictable and shitty are two different things it's just blah though they do a good job in this film of actually like covering their tracks within the story because for a lot of the film there's one scene in this film where you uh you don't exactly know how the fuck they did it until they finally show you know the catapult you know towards the end of the film uh, the scene with the brick, how it goes through the window, right? Uh-huh. Like throughout yeah. most of the film, you're kind of going, "How in the fuck did that brick get through the window?" And then you finally get shown this catapult type thing. But I do like, you know, towards the end of the movie when they uh, they actually show him cleaning up, you know, getting rid of the catapult mm-hmm. and getting rid of this. Yeah, and, yeah, I and like I, that. I like that in the film because you know it, it's showing <laughs> that they put a lot of thought into it and stuff. But which brings me into the ending, which the problem I had with the ending was. Um, you know, you know it's going to happen where he's not going to be able to put the pencil back on the door, uh, so he's going to have to make 
an, an alternate route back into his room, which obviously is going through the window that leads out into the roof. So mm. he can go around and th- into his room. I mean, why the fuck was this window open? Th- there's a major problem there though. I mean, I mean, if he's really trying to get away with everything here, you're leaving tracks on the roof. I mean, the police are obviously going to investigate and look at every angle here. They're going to see those tracks leading right back yeah, into but, your room. What, but, what, but the, the problem, the reason why that does not matter is who thinks, say he was just do you think away. this kid is actually going to get away with this? No. Right? Like, just because, like, he's 12. Like, uh, yeah. he's, he, like, is a genius for what he did come up with. Well, I'm just but, saying because a lot of the things that he's doing are actually quite impressive yeah. for his age. I'm just saying that right yeah. there is kind of a minor thing where it's like, well, obviously they're going to find those tracks they're going to lead but jeremy yeah, exactly but, but jeremy but there's jeremy probably going to be tons of forensic evidence like this person didn't die before this person yeah like that doesn't make sense so i mean obviously it, like, obviously the, but the whole concept of this movie is that it's a deranged kid and he's just went through this thing so it's like it doesn't really matter if he messed some stuff up because he's 12 mm-hmm yeah, I mean, you can use that argument. That's great. But the the actually the main problem I do have with this, though, is when he gets into bed and he finally gets in there and, you know, he turns on his little fucking sonogram thing, which is totally fucked mm-hmm. up that he still uses that shit. He's like 12 years old. That makes no sense to me. Um, when he takes the sleeping pill, because he knows he has to get that into his system. How yeah. in the fuck is he awake like 10 minutes later? That shit because works. Because have you ever took sleeping pills? No, but SJP, okay, he's a well, pro. He can drink yeah. a whole bottle. Um, but I've seen, but I've seen awake on sleeping pills. Like you can wake up and then be awake and you could, you can not go to sleep ever on a sleeping pill if you want. Well, I've seen people have taken them before and I've, you know, I've seen people out within like 10 minutes and they're fucking yeah, out well, for those, a while. Those are probably super strong, like fucking yeah. Seroquel or something. So like that, that was just you know? one of the problems I had though, is like he took, he takes this pill, but then he's, you know, whatever the timeline is, 10, 15 minutes later, 20 minutes later. I don't know. Well, um, even, even he, sometimes he's, he's it can awake. take a half hour to an hour to, to really put you asleep. Like I see these I've are the took- things that like the average person wouldn't know. But I mean, if you're taking it for face value, the kid takes a sleeping pill, you know, they generally, I mean, when I take NyQuil, Dude, I'm fucking out in ten minutes, man. That shit knocks I've me on my Nyquil ass. On the show, yeah, I know. You're you're an anomaly. <laughs> That's fucked up, dude. Like drinking Nyquil while we're recording is is pretty wild in itself. But I'm one of those people, though, man. Like when I take a T3, you know, the codeine fucks me up. I can drink thirty beer. I have one T3, and I'm fucking on my ass, dude. I'm hired and shit. I can't even drive. Um, so NyQuil does the same thing to me, man. It, it fucking destroys me. So I look at it from my point of view. I'm like, man, if I took a sleeping pill, I would have been out snoring, like unconscious. I would have never been standing in that window getting fingered by her at the end kind of thing. Not finger fucked. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's highly believable that, that he could have took this and not been asleep. I mean, I guess um, it is, but I mean, f- just the way I, you have to see where I'm coming from, because just from personal mm-hmm. experience, right? Like yeah. I would just assume that shit would knock you right on your fucking ass. Um, yeah, it's probably a super low milligram too. He's 12. Like typically 12 year olds aren't supposed to have sleeping pills to begin with. You know what I mean? So it's probably something super JP basic. Knows he's, he's a, he's a drug addict. But go- I do know a lot of drug about drugs. I do. But going back, you know, you know, since we started at the end of the film, <laughs> we just jumped <laughs> right into the spoilers. Uh, but yeah, you know, this one it, it's, you know, rewatching it. Like, how did you feel upon rewatching this film, JP? You know, knowing when the twist is coming, because now you're watching the dialogue and how things are kind of playing themselves out. Does it change your opinion and views on the film 
knowing because i mean this is one of those films where i think it works so much better as a one-time watch you know you watch yeah. the second time and then you kind of go okay 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 you know that seems a little bit silly you see it coming and it's just you can't take it back right you know you just know it's coming so mm-hmm. um so rewatching it didn't really hurt the film a whole lot for me but it is interesting knowing everything and then watching how it plays out you're just like okay yeah because like I didn't. One thing that I noticed this time while watching it is they actually referenced the paint can thing way before they do it, which I thought was kind of you know cool. what, dude. I didn't notice that the first time. You know what? <laughs> I actually fucking noted that too, man. When they're in the bedroom and they were talking about the paint can, yeah, at the beginning did of the it, film, that it would kill the in the movie. They were obviously referencing Home Alone. That Which it would have killed the crooks. Yeah, because they're, they're actually <laughs> arguing. He's like, no, no, that thing, you know, the the one kid he's arguing, he's like, no, it, it wouldn't do bad. And he's like, no, it would kill him. And then they kind of leave it. It's a very subtle conversation. But then it plays into that part where he, oh, fuck, you're going to Home Alone him? <laughs> like when he's like, oh, you're going to fucking Home Alone him? See, <laughs> That's a great I, line, I, man. I really, I really like... Like, I don't have a huge problem with the ending at all because sometimes sometimes it doesn't matter if the ending is a, a positive ending because to me, the whole film was so brutal and, and raw that I'm like, if they wanted to end it like that, they could have. But guess what? I think they want they, they like the character that the girl was. And it would have been very mean-spirited to, to end it with her actually dying and him getting away. I think that that just changes the, the dynamic of this. The whole movie is mean-spirited. I, th- I know. So See, it's like too much mean-spirited can kind of just – this this whole movie would have been a different type, type I actually – I actually, I actually kind of disagree though, man, because like, yeah, this whole film is super calculated. It's super mean spirited. It's super, um, it's, it's very psychotic. It's very psychotic, but it, you know, they even play, you know, within dialogue that, you know, this character, what's his fucking name again? I'm so bad with names. What's the main character's name? Um, Luke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That he's, you know, he's not a sociopath. You know, they even allude to the fact that he's not a sociopath. Like, he actually has feelings. So, even though he's doing this shit, it's more of a game and stuff. I like that that was very subtle in the film. Because they bring up the conversation about how he'd killed his friend's hamster. And and when he told the babysitter, when he told Ashley about it, and he actually cried and stuff. I I like that they threw that into the film because it actually gave his character. That's usually how it starts with serial killers, right? Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it also could have been that he, he. did that for attention back then that's what's so multi-layered about this character is you never quite know for sure if he's being genuine or if he's being manipulative yeah exactly but i mean i just the way i took it was you know it's kind of showcasing it but he he clearly has emotion when he kills his friend clearly that that's my point and yeah so there definitely is it's he's a very dynamic character it's it's pretty cool yeah, but he's definitely weird, not a, he's definitely weird. not a sociopath because they allude to that and yeah and he fucking freaks out he does not want to kill his friend he does did you he see the pissed. final line in the film it's it's like slightly after the credits yeah when she goes to the hospital Mom, yeah. can we go visit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, "Can we go visit Ashley?" Which I yeah. think I think kind of leaves it open ended enough to where he could kill her. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the whole point. He wants to go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I I think it would have been the wrong choice to end it the way that that Jeremy would have. And I am usually a hundred percent for downbeat endings. I just don't think this is the type of movie for it. I think that that girl. I didn't very say likeable. that she should have died. I just wish it was no. not a predictable ending. I actually agree. Well, I actually see this movie being so dark and twisted throughout the whole. But thing. the whole movie was so unpredictable to me. 
I think it's more predictable for them to stay the same tone. I think it's less predictable for them to switch up the tone at the end. I actually don't agree. I think I think a lot of people would have been expecting, you know, the happier ending in this film. And if you had it kept it dark, I think it would have been a little bit more shocking. And it would have been like, oh, goddamn, but, but they never changed the tone. Isn't it always expected that they're going to do a happier ending? Isn't that primarily what is expected? Yeah. So, I mean. So, anytime you do a happy ending, it's going to be predictable. Well, I guess if you look at it like that, but I mean, I it guess, is. I guess That's it's a different, it because I guess so it's a true. difference it's between every, anytime somebody, anytime there's a happy ending done, people say, oh, that was fucking predictable. Anytime it seriously, oh, it bug it irks me to death because it's like you have to have happy endings in order for the, the downbeat endings to not be predictable. Like you have to have a balance there. Some movies have to end happy. Some movies have to end downbeat. Because if you had only downbeat, then happy would be unpredictable, right? Downbeat would be predictable. Yeah, but we do have it's, we do have those different types of films. Predictability is based on other movies you've seen, not based on the film that you're watching. When it comes to happy or sad, so you endings. can reword this. I think it would have worked better if they had just kept it with the same tone, because it's so mean spirited. It's so fucking mean spirited. You know, and it's shocking too because the kid is like twelve, you know, and he's killing another high school kid and and if it had to just you know, ended with her actually fucking dying, I think that's just brutal. From myself. I think that's shocking and brutal and like, wow, they never switched the tone. It never actually ended up being a little bit happier. Hundred percent been like a more profound ending for sure. Because you'd walk away like, Holy fuck, like I can't believe they did went that far with this movie. But at the same time, I don't have issues with this ending. I would have liked it either way, honestly. But I actually like this girl. And there's one scene in particular that made me okay with the way that it ended. And that's because I like her. And that's when they have her tied up and he dares her to fill her boob. Mm -hmm. And like the expression on her face where she just feels like, like completely demoralized and it's just very like sad and i'm like i don't want to see that character get fucked over in the end because and to me that means that the filmmaker did a good job i think that would have made it more it makes it more effective though too because if you're really feeling that character and you you honestly do not want her to perish in the end and she does you're just like god damn dude that's so brutal because i liked her effective but i really i'm just okay with it in this one like i just really truly am like i'm just like I don't need I don't need it. It might have made me feel stronger. You're right. It might have made me feel stronger, but I don't think that it hurts the film at all. It could have made the film better, but I don't think it actually negatively impacts the film. That's fair enough. It's fair enough. Yeah, I don't think it hurts it either. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, it's everyone's different. Everyone wants different things out of the ending of, of films and you know, it makes complete sense that one person would want that ending and another person would want it to be darker and shit. I mean, I just got so much unexpected brutality in this movie that it's like, I can let the director get away with, with, with ending it the way that he wanted because he's like, you know, it's like, Oh, you gave me enough, bro. I don't need, I don't need you to be, it's a very, you know, it's a very calculated film, man. I, I think that I think incorporating her, 
boyfriend who she's kind of breaking up with. I, I think it's Ricky. Yeah, and well, yeah, like the the ex. Dude, oh, it's when, one boyfriend. Dude, dude when that guy's fucking. Did, listen, hold up. Does the ex boyfriend not remind you of a American real Vandal. life version, version of Scumbag Steve? You know the meme Scumbag Steve. Like, yeah, yeah. Scumbag Scumbag <laughs> reminded me of a guy that'll come to your house and you say, "Oh, no smoking in here, Steve," and he's like, "No, nah, it's cool." <laughs> like he's that guy it reminds you know me of the, the guy from american vandal dude that dude's way cooler and scum than this, this guy this, this guy <laughs> makes me laugh he's sitting in his car drinking a beer and he's like yeah yeah let's do this let's do this and he's getting all fucking pumped up and shit <laughs> this guy's the best it fucking cracked me up both times i watch this film and it, like looking at the dude you're just like dude take the fucking sticker off your damn hat man come on Fuck, he's got a dollar sign hat. He's got a sticker. I noticed that, too. He has a fucking new era hat, and he's wearing the fucking sticker. (laughs) I I keep a sticker on my hat. (laughs) Jesus Christ, really? Fuck. Yeah. So I remember my size. But anyways, yeah, man. Like, that that, that guy fucking kind of cracks me. should play that character. It's totally a Sean William Scott type of character. Dude, I I thought the casting was phenomenal for that guy. Like... Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The scumbag Steve meme. Yeah, yeah, hundred no. percent. Like he's literally that dude. Yeah. <laughs> like but- I, I, I was hoping that there was a commentary on the disc because I was going to listen to that mm-hmm. while watching it today. And uh, since I, I just seen this movie a few weeks ago, so I was like, okay, I'll listen to the commentary since like I already you know can review the movie on its own but there's no commentary i know sad i was very disappointed um, there's actually like no features on it it comes with a you know with a special holiday christmas card or something inside but. and and the slipcover is really cool looking too i really like the slipcover yeah. but yeah very disappointed with the features on there yeah but yeah man i mean i think that this movie just is so fun it's just like I, it's, it's so fresh and original it is like, it, it really, really is. is it's a reverse babysitter i can't believe both of these movies came out this year have you seen Reverse babysitter yet Jeremy? you know you know, you know what man i can believe that because it seems like this happens a lot every year we're very <laughs> i mean look at like look at um the belco experiment and mayhem you know they're yeah, they're similar but they're a lot di- they're different but you know they're on the same lines of each other. This seems to happen quite a few times every year where you get these films. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, The Babysitter was fun. I mean, it was obviously a lot different in tone. It was more of a comedy. Yeah, uh, this one has comedic moments, but it's so much more dark. And honestly, dude, I think the But the, the comedic the moments in this film, this movie, are, they're right? executed good, too. Like, they're not... They're definitely not over the top, and there isn't. They're very far in between, you know, like with the mm-hmm. one boy, the one ex boyfriend, and him being a goof in the car. And just, I mean, that shit just it was, you know, it's not like over the top. It's more subtle. It's just the fact yeah. that he's it's like just, it's just high all pumped up. Comedy, yeah, you know? it's going kind of ridiculous, but yeah, it, it's fun though. It's good, and I really like the um, casting, dude. I think that's the greatest strength of this movie, Luke the way he is absolutely perfect because he's old enough to where you can see like, okay, he's, he's mature. He's like smart for his age and stuff like that, but he's young enough to where his voice literally cracks throughout yeah, the entire movie. He definitely has. It that. is so good. <laughs> dude. When he's like, screaming, like, his voice cracking. So, what the fuck? He, dude? She's like, 
I felt like a tw- a little kid felt me up or something. I was like, yeah, girl. <laughs> I think Garrett even alludes to the fact that Luke doesn't even have pubic hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. film at one point, which kind of makes sense. I mean, he's at that age where he's definitely, his body is changing. His voice is cracking and shit. But that actually made me laugh, though. Like, he feels he's, like a spoiled rich kid who always got his way, likes yeah. this girl. Because he's an only get, child, you know? Yeah. So he's like, there's, there's, a, ni- there's a nice little joke. There, there's a nice little joke too where <laughs> when uh, Ashley says don't you have an uh, um, an alarm system in your house and he's like no we never needed one before you know it's a very safe neighborhood yeah. <laughs> I just love that it's like that subtle comedy which actually kind of was funny. the title to this movie at first safe neighborhood really yeah I think better watch out is way better <laughs> yeah it is it's definitely better yeah. I usually don't like when they change the title I'm a fan of it in this what, what did you think of having um, you know Patrick Warburton in it and uh, Virginia Madsen as the parents. It's pretty fucking interesting. Oh, dude, they were great. They like when I love when Patrick Warburton. Like, man, she's that... like, are you sure you've never sucked a cock before? Like in college, <laughs> experimentation, special friend. I was like, <laughs> it's funny. He's it's like, like yeah. these are my metrosexual. And she's like, that's not even a word. It's metrosexual. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were great. The small little piece that they were in, I loved it. Like this movie. When I watched it, um, which I had a screener of it back when it was uh, a digital screener. What? Didn't you? Oh, no, that was another movie. Wasn't that the one you told Adam Green you were watching? Yeah, yeah. I had a digital screener of it, and I told Adam Green that I reviewed it, and the director was like, hey, thanks for not spoiling the movie and stuff. And uh, (laughs) he looked at me like I stole it. And I was like, no, like a real screener. And uh, but I so I had the digital screener. The moment I hit play on it, dude, and, like, the, I saw those parents and, like, the setup and, like, the way the kids were talking and, like, you know, talking about, you know, what kids talk about at that age and stuff like that. I was just like, okay, I'm so down with this movie. And then I have it on Blu-ray now and as another screener and watching it again on Blu-ray was, like, great as well. And I, th- I was worried. Like, this was a movie to me that I only need to ever watch one time because i feel like like, right i feel like with each viewing you could potentially lose the punch yeah and like like saw yeah and i was happy to say that it it didn't really do that and i actually learned a little bit more about the movie i learned a little bit why i like the characters so much how i think they're all like very layered characters well because the rewatch allows you to watch it differently too right you already know what's going on you know you don't have to be looking for things but you're you, you're discovering things because you're watching the film a different way like you're noticing mm-hmm. expressions you're noticing you know even dialogue and things and and that's i was i noticed a lot of things like that too while watching this and you know it was pretty decent for a film that i agree you know one time watch can be sufficient enough mm-hmm. but it does you know it, i mean it doesn't hurt it to watch it a second time for sure yeah so yeah you want to go into ratings Jeremy sure it's your 10 minutes oh is it mine oh, I was about to say it that's right it is my go um what did I rate this one like two weeks ago <laughs> don't even fucking remember I think I gave it seven and a half or eight or something I don't know um yeah man this, this is a really good film it's got a great Christmas feel to it uh the acting superb in this um great twists and turns um, minor issues with the ending, you know, I mean, it's, 
I agree it doesn't hurt to film. I would like to have seen it go a different way for my personal taste because I, I like really downbeat shit. I think it just it's more effective for myself. Maybe it's selfish, but I don't give a fuck. That's just who I am. Um, so with that said, man, you know, rewatching the film, I actually really enjoyed it again. And that, that's that says a lot about the movie in itself because this is one of those films where you're like, the first time you watch it, the twist is like shocking. You're like, holy fuck, that's crazy. That's awesome. You know, um, I really wish that they had have shown a little bit more, maybe kind of gored it up a little bit with the paint can. I would have loved to have seen his face fucking smashed in. I think that would have just been like, holy shit. It, it doesn't matter well, that it's it not still there. kind of satisfying yeah, to see that, that paint kind of movie, with the blood. You know? It was like, it, you can like the imagination kicks in. You're like, Oh fuck. Yeah, it's not that kind of movie. I think. Well, it, it, it doesn't have to be fully that. I mean, it's just one scene, right? I mean, there's yeah. still nastiness. I mean, he fucking stabs her in the fucking neck, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's still fucking brutal. I mean, it's basically the same thing, just different. But, I mean, it's a paint can in the face, dude. I mean, do, aren't you a little bit curious to see the after effects of that shit? <laughs> I mean, considering that was the whole point of doing that Home Alone bit in the film, because they were arguing about what it was going to do to the guy's face, right? To see the carnage, I think, would have been more of the payoff for myself, anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this film, man. Uh, I don't really have a lot of problems with it, but I'm going to give it a solid eight and a half out of 10. Okay. So you came up a half point from your original rating, which was an eight. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to do the same thing. Um, I, I think, I, I think this is one of my favorite films of the year in terms of like a movie that not, you know, we do best in favorites, right? I think it's one of my favorites. Like it's, it, I have so much fun while watching it to where I actually wasn't dreading what, like I'm not a rewatcher. I used to be, I'm like Jeremy. I don't like rewatching things. I just have too much shit to watch, you know, besides shit. I don't feel like rewatching stuff anymore, you know? And unless it's one of my favorite movies. And I actually was like, you know, kind of very interested to check this one out again. It's only been a couple weeks later. And I was like, okay like let's do it and i and i love the characters still i like all of them like the boyfriends the girl the parents both kids both kids were extremely charismatic extremely funny uh the 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 script to this film i think is is great yeah the ending probably probably would have been more impactful if it ended darkly i agree with that i I will agree with that it could have been a even stronger movie i don't think it necessarily hurts it it, that it doesn't have that uh so if you're saying that it could have been you know from from great to amazing it doesn't necessarily go from great to good because of the ending you know what i mean so uh i think that i'm actually going to come in at a half point higher i'm coming in at nine out of ten baby this is this is an awesome movie i highly recommend people check it out it well we spoiled the whole thing so if you haven't seen it by now sorry now you have <laughs> yeah nine out of ten wow jeremy nine out of ten i'm tired of following jeremy on on letterbox because i always know his ratings now <laughs> i knew he was coming in at nine but i will say that he actually lowered his rating on rare exports when we were talking about it from yeah, what from he initially had 7.5 nice nice which happens to me all the time a lot of times i'll talk about a movie and then after hearing everything vocalized I'll be like, okay, <clears throat> I actually think that I feel more like this on the rate on the rating than I did before. But yeah, solid cool. movie. Well, that is going to conclude episode 126 here Our on last episode of the year. 
Yes, that is yeah. going to conclude the year, the 2017 year. Next show is going to be the top 10 of 2017 coming at you live in three weeks time, I think. Is it three coming weeks? Live. It'll be live. A special in- Carpet Muncher guest. Yeah, from the time they hear this, it'll be one, two, three weeks. That's right. Three weeks away. Top ten. Still got a bunch of movies to watch to complete my list. It's eating up a little bit, though. I'm fucking curious to hear everyone else's. I think I already know half of Jeremy's, though, because he always talks about it. Just No, you should only know one. Well, I think I know two that are going to be on your list. Oh, oh no. Fuck. Does. No, man. I guess the one film is not even eligible for this year, is it? Oh. <laughs> Shit, I forgot about that. Oh, well, one of them for sure. One of them for sure, but One of them for sure. Yeah, man. Well, again, yes, we'll be back in a couple weeks. A much-anticipated break that we need. This has mm-hmm. been quite the freak, man. 15 weeks straight. Jeremy, you didn't make it with us the whole time. 14 was pretty good. Yeah, fourteen to fifteen shows. Not bad. It's actually, and I good. watched everything, so I did. I did okay. Yeah, you did watch everything. Um, Since I've come back, I've watched everything, every this, movie, every Patreon movie, everything. This has been an incredible year for the Twenty Two Shots, man. I mean, we we've killed it, in my opinion. I think this is our best year we've ever done, which is pretty incredible for it being you know our fourth year uh, of doing this. Um, I think we owed it. Still- I think we owed it to the regular fans of the show, listeners, however you want to say it. Oh, um, you owe it to me. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's just the fact that like we were, we weren't slacking in the beginning of the year. We just had a big show to prep for. And I mean, we, people we didn't were starting have any to make content. jokes that like, oh, uh, you know, that'll happen when Twenty Two Shots releases their episode one hundred. Like, yeah, people no, were making jokes. It, it like, became an ongoing like something joke, yeah. a really long time from now. And it's like they would say, like, oh, about the same time as Twenty Two Shots comes out, and, and, and it's, it's like Twenty Two Shots are they still a podcast? <laughs> and we and we fucking just we threw it right back in their faces though because yeah, I mean now the joke is holy fuck, how do you guys pump out this content? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, how, how you do know? you pump out this content? Like, holy shit, you guys have been killing it. <clears throat> uh, I literally mean, did Child's Play, Saw, Texas Chainsaw franchises on yeah. top of Italian Horror Month and a whole bunch of other stupid shit so it's kind of like, crazy two other director spotlights like i mean dude <laughs> it's been it's been crazy it really has and i mean the uh, the only show that we took it easy on was the skin deep show yeah. we did five episodes in one month mm-hmm. and big episodes that was last month we did four episodes and a commentary Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, dude, I I think that it was such such a great run, uh, a run that will probably never be rivaled by any other podcast. I dare him to try it. Uh, won't even be rivaled by us. Like I can't see us going that hard again. Um, it that would be insane. You know, Italian going from that crazy October straight into the crazy Italian horror month. Ah, uh, that was a, that was a hike. And and really, those are the only two months where we like can't miss episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like normally, we can if something comes up and like we have to find a way to to not miss episodes in those months. And uh, it, it you know after after this episode, we got it done, so it's d- actually done. We're actually free to not have a scheduled thing to where we can't miss for like the rest of the year. 
you know, starting in 2018 all the way up until like October again, you know, because we don't really do, um, you know, date specific shows besides yeah. Yeah. October, November, and December. Speaking of those months, Ben, we need to kind of figure out what we're going to be doing. I think we. Yeah, we, we have a completely open schedule right now. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I got some ideas for some shows. I'm sure you guys do too. And yeah, we'll see and what sure, happens. And with I'm sure the, the Patreon, uh, you know, yeah, the Patreon for uh, January. We'll see what what's there, and then we'll kind of work around that. But I do want you guys to get um, definitely do some research for films that you're excited about in 2018. Uh, I think we did a top five last year, like what our five most anticipated. So make sure you two do that. I will as well. Uh, also, you know, get watching on those 2017 films. We have a few more weeks of of freedom. No Patreon reviews, no podcast episode <laughs> schedule. But we'll be able to watch what we want for a little while, wind down a little bit. It's going to be fun. And uh, then we'll see you guys in, in 2018. It's going to be another epic year. Uh, I'm, I can't believe that we've been doing this so long. 126 episodes? Yep. 126 wow. today. Yep. We're going to yep. be at Witchcraft 200 sooner or later. Yeah. Witchcraft yeah, we, we coming should, to episode 200. We should probably figure out what we're doing for episode 150 pretty damn quick. Because if we have to do some prep for it, man. I don't know. Do you yeah. want to do something special? I didn't really think we would do anything special again until 200. We might be able to come up with maybe, something. Maybe we'll do the maybe top 10 of the... F- 50s for 150 i don't know i don't know (laughs) (laughs) something totally random um i know we have a huge 76 show uh i think we're looking at probably like march or april for that one i would like to get it done sooner than later to be honest i I would like to get two done in a year that's why i want to get it done you know in the first maybe quarter of the year yeah if we get it in the first quarter then we could do the the second one like six months after that you yes. know what i mean and it wouldn't because the problem is we kind of bubbled into um the 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 new the 28 uh, 17 prep uh lot with the last one or whatever i forget what, how, when did we, when did we post the last one damn dude i we, have no idea i think it was i think it was like in march or something like that yeah it's been it's been a while too long we need to get this one done it kind of episode 100 got in the way and stuff like that but we should be we should be a little bit more it's up to exploding heads too hopefully those guys can let us know what they want to do i would i would hate to kind of go away from those shows because people love them so much when they're on Mm -hmm. but at the same time like if they if they don't feel committed to be able to do that we might have to do it solo or whatever but um we'll see we'll talk to those guys and see what's going on we'll figure it out it could be an epic show. We've never had all six of us on the same show. Yeah. That would be insane. Because uh, fuck other people. <laughs> You've been doing better. I can't even, I can't wait for Carly to be on the show. Cause Jeremy, you know, he's, I think he's generally very quiet around girls. He's probably not going to say an entire thing. Jeremy, are you going <laughs> to let Carly outshine you with the amount of movies she watched? I don't care a shit. What is you she- should give a shit. You need to represent this goddamn show, bro. What is that? She's a, she's a, she just hit 50. Well, sorry. If I didn't have to watch nine violent shit films, I could have watched some more 2017. Oh, here we go with the fucking crying about the Patreon were- again, man. Jesus. 
Oh, it was rough. Almost. Well, you got three it, weeks it to go, buddy. I will watch, I've watched up. like 35. That's pretty okay, good so for me. Okay, so you can definitely catch up. Yeah. I'm at like 55. I'm in the low 90s, so. I'll yeah, you well, right you're stupid, though. But I also started like in January. Like I, I had a pace throughout the year. It's not like I yeah, just. Yeah, I. This is the best pace I did. Actually, I've watched 246 total movies this year. Which, by the way, my previous record, 205. I think. I couldn't even imagine how many I've watched. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Or, or one night. Yeah, I think it was 205. I can't even remember what my. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. 150? No, what was it? I gotta look that up. Hold up. I can't let the listeners hang in. Just give me one second. Because <laughs> I, I actually really want to know now. But, um, yeah, dude, why don't you start keeping a letterbox? You'll be able to see... Why don't? You, why are you not on letterbox, Mids? Maybe I'll start one up for 2018. That's what I plan on doing. I plan on using it like kind of exclusively for 2018 to kind of uh, figure out you know to keep track it, it's so much easier it's not it's a nice system it's it's really easy and and user friendly uh to use as well so um i i think you should definitely definitely hit that up oh another question i had for you did you know you left like the conversation at the end of the show yes i did it purposely yes i did it purposely oh, okay why i don't know extra content <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I liked, cutting it. Shit I, liked out. It. I liked it. It was pretty cool. Uh, well, I mean, it also it, it also ended with us saying, you know, let's get out of here. Peace, peace. <laughs> right? So I was like, whatever. It worked. Oh, apparently I had 251 last year. Why am I only at 228? I thought it was higher than that. Oh, wait, I'm a couple pages back. Duh. Yeah, I'm at... 322 <laughs> so 251 was my record last year i'm at 322 now so absolutely crushed my record uh-huh that's a lot of movies dude i'm almost pacing seven a week <laughs> that's crazy yeah that's a lot <laughs> i mean fuck man we we have to watch at least six a week just for the show so if that's you're watching right anything now. on top of that i mean it's just like adds up yeah yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah that's I, I did mention that you know in the early part of the year next year I would like to maybe do some some more uh, list specific shows or like uh, single or duo films to where we're not watching three featured reviews plus every week. You know, kind of space it out a little bit. Maybe get in some more what we watch shows. It's been over a year since we've done one uh, what we watch show. Over a year. Mm-hmm. I would like to do that again. Those are my favorite shows. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing another one. It's okay. They're fun. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Jeremy, take us out. (laughs) Yeah, I had to take us out last week, and I fucked it up, man. Thanks. Yeah, of course, because I'm a pro. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 126 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. So if you want to follow the man, Moods, the editor himself, please do so at youtube.com slash moods616 and tell him... You should have left in some cell phone conversation. As always, if you could follow the <laughs> Insidii man himself, JP, youtube.com slash double shot J. Tell him to check out Insidii 4. And as always, you can follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash NESRuler22. But you won't find any new videos. And as always, you can leave us a voicemail at 724 426 
6665. And as always, you can leave us an email. Please send us your top 10 list at the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. It's 22 shots of moods, A and D, horror at gmail.com. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at 22 shots podcast. And please join the Facebook page, facebook.com, search bar, 22 shots of moods and horror podcast. And as always, please support the Patreon to get the sun sucked out of my vagina. Patreon.com slash 22 shots podcast. And that shall do it for episode 126 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. We'll be back in three weeks on January 10th with, uh, right? January 10th with episode yep. 127 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. We'll be doing our year end show with the Carpet Muncher herself. <sighs> and that shall do it. So that should be it. Thank you, everybody. Also. Whoever uh, won the uh, Patreon, I forgot to mention, uh, hit me up on Facebook for your address or send us an email. Sorry about that. Later. Peace. Merry motherfucking Christmas. Merry motherfucking Christmas. Merry motherfucking Christmas. Ever after the end.